Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. As they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. It's Talking Tesla 139. This is our continuing experiment with the show. We went up to the uh, video recording studio and we recorded this for YouTube, so there'll be some references to that. But you can listen to the audio if you want, or you can hop on the YouTube. Either way, here we go. Number 139 and all its silliness. You like how I wore black? So you can't be seen. <laughs> you can. Where does Tom begin and where does Tom end? Oh, that's right. That's like less slimming. More slimming. More slimming, not less slimming. Um, so I don't have a new, to work. I there's a new podcast. I should, I should do it at the end, but I can't remember what the name is. It's Malcolm Gladwell. It's about music. Yes, it's great. You would it's love all it. out. I heard that. It's, it's really, all out. I heard it's the really first good. episode on Revisionist History where he interviewed Rick Rubin. Yes. Very good. It's oh, very good. The first Rick one, Rubin lost his house. The one they just did, did is he lose all about... Death metal and yeah and what's no, the other Norwegian one? Metal Although I'll be honest with you, and- I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't feel like Malcolm Gladwell is the music guy I would like to hear about music from. I'm not going like, to lie about that. I just like to hear him. I think he's got a great voice. Yeah, I think that. Him. I agree with that. And I thought the Rick Rubin interview was okay. Is this the show? Right? Isn't Rick Rubin? No, this is a different show. This is part of Media Picks. And as a person who hated Media Picks, I have three Media Picks oh, this week. I have cool. one in all three medias. Audio, visual, and uh, spiritual movie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, let's get this started. It's Talking Tesla 139. It's a main show. Are you sure it's 139? Because I was listening to this very confusing conversation that Robert had the other day on one of these shows about nomenclature and whether or not nomenclature is the right word. And I know what happened is we put out a show where Robert was like, these are the new naming convention. And then... After the fact, I believe Cece was like, oh, we're not doing that. (laughs) Cece will do whatever she likes. Thank you very much. First of all, I want to introduce you to the studio audience. We have uh, a number of uh, people here in the studio today that will be helping us with the show. I thought you were lying about that. (laughs) Those are... That's funny. And we've also got... Did you uh, actually use that joke again? Well, he did it off camera, and then he had to do it on camera. I did it off camera, and it actually worked. But when you do it off camera, you're supposed to gauge whether or not it was actually funny to decide to... It worked. It didn't work the second time. Well, it didn't work on you because you were busy futzing with cameras. We've got the Google Cam. Boom. So the Google Cam. Google. Bam. And then we've got a couple other interesting shots. We're going to just be switching all over the place. Oh, so many switching machines. Make you sick. I'm very blown out. a bunch of... Look at that one. Bunch of cameras. Anyway, let's get started. I feel... High tech. What is this one here? Uh, Supercharger Cinderella. What is that? Oh, I'm sorry. We shouldn't talk about that. I don't know. I found... Okay, so I was searching Tesla today. I was trying yes. to find some information on the European Supercharger. Yes. And just randomly, that came up. I, you put that in there just as a placeholder. It really is... It's. It seems like almost like a Tesla staging site. Hang on. For let me just pull reason. it up. One second here. It's, it's an incompletely coded site. Let's Why are they called it the Cinderella? Slides. I don't know the answer. But it, you can see it's kind of like the 
it's a totally different setup of the Tesla website. It is different on buttons. Tesla.com. Yeah, different like all kinds of different information. I just found it today, just ra- very How randomly. Did you it's randomly like you snuck <laughs> behind no, I the curtain. And I'll be honest. Is this for the rollout of V3 of the supercharger? The Google. This is all about charging. The Google found it. It's called Cinderella. I have no idea. So and my guess is it's going to be shut down by the Tesla time. Tesla.com forward slash supercharger forward slash Cinderella for those that are listening and not yeah. watching. It yeah. seems to be this is they all about charging. But then it's like supercharging world map, which you don't see unless yeah. you like in this format. It's this completely is interesting, different this formatting, map. right? Go back down a little bit, Mel, because it shows the completion of the transcontinental Trans- high, uh, the trans. Canada Highway. Highway. Oh, it does, yeah. And that's something that's been talked about quite a bit on the Tesla forums in the last couple oh, of months. what have you found here? I know, right? This is this the most show amazing thing. Is breaking information. We can drive all the way to Mexico City. Does it City. say anything about 250 kilowatts of charging? Look, that's all three cars at a charger station. No. Actually, I'm going to walk over there real quick. Is that Model 3 CCS? Can you see? Is it uh, the European version? Go up a little bit. A little bit more. more. A little more. A little Come more. On, no, no, the three. That, none of those are the Model Three. Yeah, X. those are different cars. Go. Yeah, three. there you go. Now zoom in. I don't know how to zoom in. Oh, there That'd we go. That'd be the uh, Command Plus button. Ta- no, it looks I like just a standard so. one. This is great because that great charger radio. would have two. <laughs> excuse me. That. All right. That the charger with the Model Three would have to have the two heads, yeah, because that's yeah. the only way they're doing CCS right now. There's some close-up photos I found on the web of a red one with the dual uh, with mm-hmm. the CCS and everything. Yeah. So yeah. It's, they're getting ready to roll out because they're getting ready to roll those bad boys into the Europe's. We're going to talk about that. Well, let's keep. Why going are you here. laughing? It's not the Europe's. That's, that's, that's fascinating. That hey, first of all, I want to say uh, thanks to the patrons uh, for patroning us. We've had a lot more patrons in the last few weeks, and uh, it's really uh, very helpful. Let's keep this going. We want to do great yeah. shows for you for the patrons, full Can shows I mean, every other In week. fact, the patrons got the first ever video show just for them. This is the first ever non-patron vid- video show. This is our second that video. That is not live. Mm-hmm. We're going to become, we're is... gonna become YouTubers. <laughs> and the real reason we're, we're doing this is so we can actually get into Tesla events. Because it turns right. out only YouTubers get into Tesla events. We'd and, have to actually get some people and uh, then, watching. Even so, only YouTubers get to go and and fully experience the Tesla events as we will go into ad the nauseum. Yes. So why don't we – well, before we get to that, because I want to go deep into the boring deep. company. Deep. Um, let me just tell you that I got a new X. Well, I didn't. The wife did. Um, and uh, this one doesn't have any falcon wing doors, which is It really doesn't have any falcon wing doors? Yeah, it has some falcon wing doors. Maybe they just work? They haven't killed you yet. So let me tell you how this works. This is exciting. I got a call. Uh, the lease is up. So here in Los Estados Unidos, leasing is a very common thing. It's not so common in other parts of the world. Um, and it was a three-year lease, and it was up in five months. And I got a call from Tesla a few weeks ago saying, hey, would you like us to forgive the last five months of the lease if we can get you into a new one and just start a new lease? Can I have a question? What? If you don't mind sharing yes. this information, yeah. what did four or five months of lease payments, what did that take off? How much is it a month? Was it a month? It's like $1,500 a month. So that's like $7,500. It's a pretty it's a, substantial amount of, of, of give back. It's a lot. And so they said, look, we were trying to do this so that you can get the $7,500 tax credit so that we can make sure that you uh, get another X so that uh, we can have a huge fourth quarter and a terrible first quarter. No, they didn't say that, but that's uh, what they did. So they forgave the lease. We're doing it for ourselves. So what I got was a 100D. The old one was a 90D. 
Uh, didn't have folding seats, Tom. The thing that started this whole program. Wait, the new one doesn't have folding seats? The new one has folding seats. Oh, it does. The old one doesn't. And and how are those folding seats? And they are the most – this is like you know how when Apple uh, does something that Android has done for three years and pretends that it's incredibly <laughs> innovative. This is like yeah. Tesla saying, and now the seats fold. What? Bet you didn't see that coming. That's amazing. amazing. Innovation. Can you just give me a quick heads up? Not everybody who watching this or hearing this uh-huh. know what the hell happened three and a half years ago. How did oh. this actually start? So this is what happened. Three and a half years ago, Tesla created this very advanced, forward-facing, big wing doors, SUV, seven seats, everything anybody could ever want. Yes. And for whatever stupid ass reason, they made huh. the second row of seats not fold. In an SUV. And, and an we SUV. discovered this months before launch. I looked at the photo and was like, there was Those a huge seats do fight. not fold. It was our big, biggest early fight. It was great because Tom's like, that doesn't fold. I'm like, what are you talking about? Who would be stupid enough to create an SUV? Possibly. And sure enough, it's a monopod and then I get the car and it doesn't fold. Yeah, it's like, fold. are you killing me? Anyway. I got a new X, okay. well, the wife did, mm-hmm. five months forgiven on the lease, mm-hmm. more range by 50 miles, eight cameras, uh-huh. folding seats, yeah. and I went and picked that up at Burbank, mm-hmm. and the place was packed, full of people everywhere picking up threes and Xs and Ss, this year-end, get your money before the tax credits finish, big. So you drove your X yes. to the pickup, yes. left the X, yes. and, and got a new X. Yes. And how many miles did your old X have on it? Do you remember? 35,000. 35,000. 35, and so and it now has a the bit of a ding in the back and I'm hoping they won't see it. Oopsie. <laughs> but I now I ask you about that. The thing about this is this is bit of ding. This was one of the first Xs. Yes, right? it was one of the first And so now what this means for all of you out there, for all of us in here, is that X's are now going to be used on the Tesla website because the first leases are right. up. up. There yeah. are dozens of available Xs now. That's for purchase, cool. you could buy one a 90D available on the 31st, th- under 30,000 miles, $70,000. You, well, you already have one, so you don't need to get another one, but you in the out there world? could get an X, a used X for about half what it would cost you to buy an X. That is uh, the seats that don't fold though, so I don't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody seats. So I did all that, and it was cool, it was fun, it was wonderful, it was great, it was. Then, when I got home the next day, I got another email from Tesla saying, hey, your S lease is up in a year. You need to start thinking about what you're going to what? do. Were they going like, to forgive the whole year? <laughs> a year. You get that a would year. amazing. That would have been cool. Like, they lease your X and like, you get a call like, hey, would you like another one? We're going to forgive all three years of the current X lease. That says I can sell 100 <laughs> Just rotating through. They didn't by chance have it set up so that when you arrived at the – delivery center to get your new X that somebody was there waiting for your old X? No. No. It wasn't quite No, because it has to go through the Tesla 973,000 point inspection program. Okay. I had to do my own self-inspection. Excuse me? I had to check out my bits. Did you find any? Did you find any? I I checked. Any lumps? And I had to take a picture of the ding. You did? You had to? Had to. What if you didn't? They're going to inspect it. They're so what does that mean? You had to sort of – was there an app, like a turn-in app? So uh, they, yeah, there's a website and they basically say they say take a picture of the front of the car, the mm-hmm. side of the car, the inside of the car. Tell us how much wear and all this – and you basically do this pre-self-inspection thing. That's how Turo works. Yeah. When you rent a, a car via Turo, when you pick it up, you take pictures of it. And then when you return it, you take pictures again. And that's how you kind He's of prove the, the before and for? after. Right. 
Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. But, but no, this no, is not this is not a rental car company. No, it's not. But this it, is an expensive car company and they're getting you to kind of do their work. Um I've got to tell you oh, a couple wow. of other things too. <laughs> Please. Uh hmm. so in a year from now I'm not gonna get an S. In a year from now I'm not gonna get a three. Because you already have both of those. In a things. year from now, when I hand in my lease for my S, mm-hmm. what am I getting? I'm getting Hot a Y. Air. I'm getting a Y. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who thinks he's full of shit in this room? And this is the best part of this being a video show now. Oh, is I can just raise my hand. I'm getting a Y. Remember? Remember? I don't even want to drive this big S. I want a Model 3. I don't even like this S. I you're want not, a Model 3. You're not listening. I've said many times on the show, I want a Y. You also said many times you wanted a 3. Yeah. And you didn't drive the 3. I drive the 3? Mm. Here's the. Can I get to the point? <laughs> I don't know. Can you? <laughs> I'm going to get a Y because here's what's going to have. One, y. No Falcon Wing doors. Please, 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 oh, please. Correct. Two, 400 plus range at the high end. Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, full autonomy 95% of the time. Thank you very much. It's going to have like an amazing crash test up. results. Boom. It's going to uh, have a 120-volt outlet for all of those times when you have a car with a giant battery where a 120-volt outlet would be cool. Yeah, you heard it here first. It's going to have air suspension. Thank you very much. And it's going to charge it two to three times uh, what you can do right now. Thank you very much. That's possible. Okay. There. That's my wish list, Tesla. In, Are you listening? So this is when oh, I that's bring a back my This S, isn't based on any like this knowledge you have. based on nothing. <laughs> This so it's like a typical part of the show. And if you ask the studio audience, am I right or am I right? This is the kind of response you're going to get. I think the lion has you. a question. I don't know if, his, <laughs> if he's pushing the microphone away or if he has his hand up. And then before we get to the boring country, a couple of other things. First of all, the fart app. Look, the Tesla app. The Tesla app <laughs> it's has got, got a lot of things that need to be fixed. Fart app. A lot of things need to be fixed. Uh-huh. And they go and make a fart app. And they're wasting their time programming and all this stuff right. until you use it. And the then you realize it's so fun to get in the car and do farty noises you're, with the person next to you. You're right and you're right. It is a gigantic waste of time. Mm. It's and, a fart app. And, and why? I try. Okay, I have a 16-year-old. Yes. I, he, got, he gets in the car occasionally. Yes. I drive him to the school. Yes. I turn it on. Yes. I set it up to be on his seat because you can put it on yes. either one of the four seats because it's got the stereo universal sound. So the fart app can – so when you push the button on your steering wheel, depending on what seat you set the whoopee cushion visualization up for, that's where the noise, noise comes, comes from. So it's I'm sorry. So it can either fart out of the driver's seat – well, or of the course. passenger seat. Well, that you don't even have to set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's which, been set up for me. Which car are you talking about? So the Model 3? Three? The Model S? It's Your Model S has this? Yeah, it's a software update. You it's, in the, it's in the cowbell section with the... No, with the, I don't So they have updated it. it. Just it has the, the fireplace. They added, they added the pole position uh, video game. That's only on the 3, I hear. The, it's Horrible, but you can plug in. Atari? You can you can you use can, the steering wheel. You can plug in a USB controller. Yeah, but it's a driving game. You can use the steering okay. wheel. So of they the took car they took to pole, do the driving yeah, game. They took pole position. Can we finish the show? <laughs> a perfectly good game. They all the billboards that you can crash into in pole position are now Tesla billboards. So they okay. reprogrammed it. The car is no longer an open wheel. Indy car type car. It's, it's a, a Tesla. Model. Yeah, okay. I believe it's a Model Three. It's hard to tell from the back, but the controls are. It's like 
no, the car's off when you're playing. So there's no power steering. The thing is impossible. Oh, so your car, your actual model your actual 3, wheel when you're trying to use it, is, is too difficult to use to control. It's too difficult to control, oh, so in my opinion. So now we don't opinion. have to finish the show because I thought yeah. it was going to be cool. So, but you can plug in USB controllers. <laughs> That's what I hear, yeah. And do it the old-fashioned way. You cannot play any games without them. Like, you cannot play the Asteroids without a USB controller. It's impossible. I, I wonder when they're going to start selling Tesla it. USB controllers. Well, I mean, you um, go to Best Buy. One other thing before we get to the boring company. Mm-hmm. Last thing, I just want you to know, you know that I'm um, five foot. I used to be five nine. I'm five eight now, and this guy's like six four, six five. This is my real height. After I get off <laughs> these things that I'm standing on, somebody sent oh, us a mail go. asking why Mel was recording in a hole. I'm like your baby. <laughs> And I'm going to get back up, you and are, I'm going to get even taller ones. You are a baby. Next time. Yeah. It's upsetting. So we went to the Boring Company event. Um, we got the call. <laughs> we we went down. I went with Tom. We were driving down the road. It's oh, terrible right. traffic, and there's all of this like consternation mm-hmm. because we're going to find out how he's going to fix traffic while sitting mm-hmm. in traffic. Robert's already there. The first – this is the best part of the story. Two hours of traffic. <laughs> I don't know. It's an hour and a half. It was terrible. It was a lot. And uh, we get there, and the first thing that happens is that Robert comes around the corner and hands me a shardy. It was the greatest was. thing that's ever happened to me, actually. <laughs> it was beautiful. So then we get there, and uh-huh. there's lots of things to see. And there's uh, you got your shardies, you got your sliders, you got your vegan uh, sausages. The food one. was great. Great food. What was it? The name of the chicken place? So they had Howling Rays. Howling so, Rays. So basically, I it should have been a subtitled The Boring Company Ironic Event. Because it was basically it, – it, it's an event built on a, on a platform made to stop people from waiting for things, waiting for traffic, yes. waiting to yes. go anywhere, right? Yes. Howling Rays is at this moment the longest line for food in Los Angeles, Howling Rays. So you it's will go there. It's chicken with a spicy, crunchy, fried yeah. covering. And it was quite good. They, they served it with a coleslaw with pickles. And uh, they made sandwiches, and they had it just sitting out in trays, and I think I ate maybe eight or nine they of them. They had the tenders with the spiciness. They had the French fries, which Mel loves Never the French eat. fries. They had the sandwich. Yeah. had all that stuff. But if you go to Howling Rays, you will wait about half as long as we waited <laughs> to, for the event to unfold in all of its terribleness. And what about at Pink's? And the then hot Pink's dog. was the other thing there. How, also, how one the of line? the longest lines yeah, in Yeah, so Los Pink's Angeles. Hot Dog, they serve it out of this little place – on Fairfax, is it? That's correct. And yeah. Melrose. And it's but don't had go there because for 40 years. Yeah, forever. Forever. I grew up in that neighborhood. Good hot dogs. I had two of those as so well. <laughs> chili dogs. With chili. Yeah. The food was great. I had the vegan hot dog. The food Delicious. was great. Long, no lines for the food, lines for all the other things. And, and, and in a very non-Disneyland kind of way, you could wait in line for three hours to, say, take an X ride in a tunnel. And not get on the ride. <laughs> One <laughs> second. So here's, let me set that up. Oh, please. So uh, we're at, It we're took at, us four hours to get to that point. We're cruising around <laughs> and we're eating the shutties and stuff. And then right. the realization occurs there's a hole down there that can't keep, can't hold all of these people up here. And yeah. that's where Elon's going to do his little talky talk. When I realized Why? that, when I realized that, I thought, I'm not staying. Because I also realized it's going to take hours and hours and hours to get on the little tram bus ride that they'd set up. So um, I said, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> hour it. and a half in, Uber uh, back. Uber hour, home. Hour and a half? Uh, back home was fine, like 25 minutes And then back. you turned on the stream? I watched the stream all the way home, and I thought, those guys are going to be at that event <laughs> for hours. So how long were you at the event? Four hours. I left 
I Only four? Around midnight. Yeah. Yeah, more at so least. Tell us, you didn't even get to go. The whole point was that there's an X in there in the hole, mm-hmm. and you get to drive in the X in yeah. the thing. So, and you waited, so, and you didn't even do that? So when they initially announced the boring company, the boring tunnel, the boring situation, the boring whatever the hell they decided to make in, underground, right? <laughs> It was supposed to be sleds, and then they've yes. been like, oh, we're going to make these pods, and 15 people are going to be in the pods. And then we show up, and it's a, it's a hole where like, you have to, to, to drill a hole, you have to dig a hole, and then you lower your machine into the hole, and then the machine goes forward. Otherwise, you know, you, you can't get your machine into the digging. Yeah, right. It's just physics. Okay. So, so they have the event, and, and, and everybody's like, oh, he's going to talk in the hole. And, and they wouldn't let anybody in there for the first – Two hours we were there, and then right about nine o'clock, he was supposed to go on. I think it was nine. It was supposed to be eight. It was supposed to be eight, but I think about at about eight. That so was and maybe the timing's right. So I'm like, oh, it's seven thirty. I'm going to go get a drink for all of us. I'm going to get a Chardonnay. You. you wanted a tequila. Right. Sean oh, wanted no, uh, a mojito. I was going to have a club soda because I was I was a designated driving individual. And so I get to the – I'm waiting in line, and there's lovely people. We're talking. And we're excited. It's going. And I get to the end, and you're the bartender. And I get right there, and they're like, "Oh, right. it's closed. Right. And I said, excuse me? Oh, you they're like, waiting? Elon's going to talk now, and so we're going to close the bar. For an hour. And I was like, that's really awesome. What you guys should have done is put somebody behind the last person you were going to serve – so I wouldn't be completely freaking irate at you right now. <laughs> Put a notice up so that you didn't wait in Something, line for half an hour. Any kind of information. Can I just make a who comment? Who does this? Can I make a comment? Yes. Oh, please. So there are people who you can hire uh-huh. that actually produce events. They're called event planners. They're wonderful people. <laughs> they make wonderful events. And in fact, I am one. A oh, lot sorry. of fun. <laughs> and they're a lot of fun. Uh-huh. This event was mm-hmm. run – by a bunch of very nice, lovely, lovely, but very harried mm. uh, engineers. Harry? Not Harry, Harry. Like they were, they were going off the rails because things were changing, things weren't working, stuff wasn't happening. And you know, no, no, all I have to say is that you know maybe they should hire some event planners. Tom, what they should the do, and we is, get for free. What they should do is focus on things that matter. Like if you're going to invite a thousand people, if you're going to invite a thousand people to be in your thing, make sure that the capacity of your thing can hold a thousand people in the time frame you're going to have. But you're speaking That's like a, an event planner. Okay. Don't <laughs> don't spend all of your time on a tower and some nights that want to come and beat the living crap out of each other. I got a, I sent that to you. You sure, it would be a great video. So all of a sudden we're waiting in the line, and, and I'm moving, I'm bouncing around. Elon comes out, yep. and he does his little yep. song and dance and his dog and pony show, and you can see it on their Boring Company Didn't you website. get down into the hole? Yeah, I got into the hole. He got into the Still hole. Still couldn't, because at one point they just started letting people down and checking badges. I could see no indicator on anybody's badges that was any different than the badge that I had. They were letting gray badges There's down. They were gray letting blue badges and down. Blue. So I was like, "Well, I'm going." And I went, and I got down there, and it was all the the, the funny, the YouTubers, the fabulous, the glitterati, the Teslarati. All of the folks were in the hole. Yes. And then we waited, and we waited, and we waited, and finally, headlights come out from the hole, and it's it's in a Model X, and Elon gets out of it, and everybody's like, "Oh!" And then he. 
awkwardly spends 20 minutes giving, <laughs> giving a, a presentation <laughs> about things that like, well, we've changed the tunnel. We've added these wheels and not the shuttles and not the things and the whole, it's all changed now. Well, and then you waited three more hours. And then he ended and I got really close to him. I got within like this far as he was, did you, as he was leaving, him? I didn't touch him, but I got very close to him. And, and uh, some guy right next to me was like, I made the comic book, the comic book thing that oh, you, Eli. the, 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 the yeah. yeah. And Elon was like, cool. Tesla adventure. And he just kept walking <laughs> yeah. and he left and he was gone. He didn't and, say like, and they went yeah. and stood in front of the tower, the Monty Python stupidity right. that he's created oh, on top of it. Oh, come on. That is not stupid. That's great. That's, That's awesome. That's good thing. But please tell me, answer the question. You waited down there for a ride and no, never I waited. Okay, so then we got out of the pit. Right, and then we got in the other line, and I had the badge, the blue badge, which was the indicator. If you had a blue badge, you were guaranteed a ride. You didn't even need. No, it was the a gray token. badge. No, no, no. Yeah, let opposite. me show this. Opposite. Show so this, here's the is. token. Micah, go to. Uh, oh, you had the blue. I, I have the this blue. one. Have a, here. I have the blue. You have too. a blue badge also. No, you had a gray badge. See no. this thing? I had the badge that was guaranteed the ride. But okay. That, so anyways, I had the blue guaranteed badge and this. the token, neither of which worked to get an actual ride because I don't have 10 million YouTube subscribers. Every so if you go, the funny thing about all of this is if you go online, you go to YouTube, CNN, any of that, you do any report glowing amazing boring company we got a ride everybody who was anybody got a ride anybody who was nobody did not get a ride thank you very much for really showing your elitistness but i would like to thank sean mitchell a lovely youtuber individual (laughs) his his referral system is, has now gotten me into this event, right. got me into the semi-slash-roadster event. So I would like to thank him by giving everybody his referral code, which is Sean510. He is like halfway to the roadster. We're not anywhere near halfway to the roadster. <laughs> so I just got a referral. You, Sean's code. You did? My ex. <laughs> Tell us. Mike, let's go back to this thing. Okay. Let's go back to this. So you got this, Tom, because you were with Sean and you got this special thing. Uh-huh. What is this special thing, Robert? So they were handing these things out when you were first checking in. Mm-hmm. I didn't get one, but I got the blue badge, which I didn't realize was supposed to get me into the tunnel as well. Spatial. And these things are a really interesting there's – there's an interesting story behind these. In fact, they even had a um, bunch of people – like these tags were up near the opening of the tunnel that looked, they were made actually out of brass and they looked real. And so these things are called real. colliery tokens. Colliery tokens. Colliery re- refers to a coal mine. Mm-hmm. And co- or they're also known as lamp checks. And so when you would get to work as a coal miner, you would take your particular colliery token that you were handed when you were employed and you would give this to the man who had or the, I, I imagine they were all men but let's say there was a woman who would hand you your headlamp the person the person you would hand this to the person who had the headlamps and they would take it and they'd put it up on a board on a nail mm-hmm. and you'd take your headlamp you'd go down in the coal mine and you'd do your work and then at the end of the day when you come out of the coal mine you would hand them back your headlamp and they would give you your colliery token. And, and that way, if the mine collapsed or there was a fire or some disaster, they knew exactly who was in the mine. And I thought it ironic that they gave us these mm-hmm. to go in the tunnel. Not that we were expecting to die in the tunnel. I mean, it was a very ironic event. <laughs> but that it was a, a hold it back to yeah. the coal mining days of uh, – like you yeah. can go to the Wales 
museum uh, museum.wales w a l e s uh, not w h a l e s correct wales <laughs> as in that little bump on the side of yeah, england as it being welsh that is full of really cool castles that's correct yes yeah. and you wanted to tell us somebody wants to tell us about floor mats which is very exciting well, are we done with this? Because that's really about <laughs> I model so. three well, modifications. Actually, let's, we we didn't uh, we didn't actually talk about what we think about. So mm-hmm. uh, the tunnels, uh, you said uh, they're going to be able to do them at ten million dollars a mile instead of a billion dollars a mile. They're much smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to use electricity, only electric cars. It doesn't have to be a Tesla. You put this modification of these little wheels that'll come out, whoop, so that uh, you stay on the track. You'll do one hundred and ten miles now. The rides that people were having were not very uh, smooth. Because he said we need to get a better pather, but it'll be silky smooth one day. So having thought about all of this stuff, mm. do you think this is going to, one, happen? Two, be successful in mass transport? Go. Discuss. <laughs> Define mass. I'm sad. Me. I'm no. sad. You were sad? You yeah, because I sat there and um, it took a long time to get nowhere for right. us. And in that time, I sat and I think, thought a lot. And I thought, how many would – how many people could fit in an individual vehicle? Let's say a car or even a minibus. The Model that, X, they were putting six, five people and the driver. It was yeah. not autonomous. And so, you know, I, I was thinking about like if you lined them up, like let's say this was like the 405 and mm-hmm. they're like bumper to bumper. Mm-hmm. How many people would move in that one mile of track? And I'm, I know they're going to make them longer, but – you don't get that many cars in a mile and you're separating the people a lot. I think about a New York subway car where there's people sitting and a lot of people standing and they pack those cars Mm -hmm. at a busy time. So a subway car seems like it might be the better type of transport, even though this runs a lot faster. But the choke points are getting in and getting out. And then this car is running on wheels, right? Once in a while, a wheel gets a flat tire. That's correct. And what if like one of the cars that's in the tunnel uh, didn't operate well, like something fell off of it? I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Teslas are pretty darn reliable cars, but I don't know about other electric vehicles. Somebody else's electric vehicle, I don't know, their bumper falls off because somebody rear-ended them 20 minutes ago, but they're rushing to get to work. Now you got a bumper sitting in the tunnel. The tunnel is stopped. The only way I see this working is if you have like under the 405, like 40, 50, 100 tunnels. Yeah. And you can get cars in and out of them with those elevators a lot quicker than the elevator that I watched in the videos uh, in looking at this event. Yeah. And so there are some limitations and we are not past them. I do invite an additional route of getting people in and around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we're going to do it if we're all doing it in our cars. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, they, they've gone a kind of a many different iterations of this, right? They went from the sleds. They're building one right now to Dodger Stadium from East LA that's supposedly going to use pods and will be able to transport 1,400 people per game, which doesn't seem like a whole lot of people. That's like a three-mile, I think it's a three-mile tunnel or something yeah, like that. 128th. So again, I, I don't know. I The idea of even... So he, he talked about multiple tunnels off of each other where yes. you have one main tunnel, 150 miles an hour, and you can scoot off of it to the 60 mile an hour. And obviously all of it would be done robotically and autonomously. And, and so the throughput could be higher in that situation. But then he's talking about you need 16 tunnels in a square. And, and so now you're talking about a lot longer, a lot more drilling, a lot more per mile. So uh, let's say you have 16 tunnels. 
and you have a mile of tunnels and it's 10 million per tunnel. Now you're talking $160 million a mile. Still cheaper. The table's moving. <laughs> Sorry about it's that. It's not locked. Uh, still a lot cheaper than a billion dollars, but it does, it's still not moving people in my opinion as efficiently. You've got, you're not using all 16 of the tunnels. You're using some of the tunnels as like, you know, off put on put output tunnels. So again, I don't know. They, we talked to a lovely engineer whose name we will not use to sort of protect her. And I don't know if some of the information she was, she was giving (laughs) us was correct or, or not correct, but she talked about it as like that last mile option, right? Where it's, you take these tunnels to get to a subway hub, which in, if you're using your own vehicle as of right now will not work because so she mentioned the red line. Let's talk about the red line specifically. It's in Los Angeles. Goes from Universal's goes from North Hollywood mm-hmm. underground to Universal, which is another main station, and then it terminates at uh at the uh the the Union Station, yes. right? If if you were to take your car from where I live and and get into one of these tunnels, yes. And then you'd get to Universal to get to the main subway line. Yes. That's great. Where are you going to leave your car? It's There's autonomous. no place to park. It's autonomous, but it's still what's going to go home? Yeah. In the back go, in the tunnel? It'll go, yeah, on another tunnel, it'll go somewhere else. It'll go park somewhere that else. It seems like a very efficient, inefficient it use of, of things. It does. Because I'm not putting my car in the tunnel system. Uh, and But if they're going to have just their vehicles or they're going to have 20 or 30 person pods, then I could see if they reimagine it, I could see it working. At this point, I think it's, a, it's an early proof of concept. Yes. What he's trying to figure out right now, more so than anything, is can I drill tunnels cheaper? Yes. And that's, that's it. The rest of the stuff, he should – like like all of the stuff, he should stop because he hasn't figured it out yet. It's clear to me that that's exactly right. They're making this up as they go along, mm-hmm. that it's really about how low you can get the cost of the tunnel. Yeah. But I was thinking like pods for Amazon, same thing that we talk about mm-hmm. for Hyperloop. Put a pod in there, fire it at 200 miles an hour. If it crashes, right. okay, I don't get my iPhone. But I don't necessarily want to be in a X doing 125 miles an hour behind your X, behind that X, behind that X when there's a crash, you crash. But I wouldn't mind being in a 500-mile trip to San Francisco much in quicker in my car, right? And then mm. you get to the end and you have your vehicle on both sides, right? Like that seems like it makes sense. Again, I don't think it reduces – it's not fixing LA's traffic. Like imagine how many – how much throughput you would have to have in this tunnel system – to just fix what happens on the 10 freeway. He Hundreds. said in his presentation that they, with multiple tunnels, you can basically have every car in America in the LA air and move very quickly. But that's all At what theoret- cost? I, I don't know. And that's all theoretical. Ben Sullins on Teslanomics uh, went through some of the numbers. He's a data guy and basically said, if we believe everything they said, they might be able to get close to what you can do sort of on a four or six lane freeway. But it's all up in the air. We, we don't know. Yeah. But I... I uh, there's something there. If they can get the price of those tunnels down, then um, there is something there. I would pay a fairly substantial premium, and this is the problem because this is what always happens. If you have cash and they build a tunnel, say, from uh, downtown to Disneyland or downtown, I will pay that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't yes. help the person who can't afford a dollar bus ride. Right. It's yeah. sort of an elitist strategy, and I understand. And there have been some uh, 
public transportation experts, can I say, uh, who have gone back and forth with Elon yeah. on the Twitter. On the findings. And they said, uh, you're crazy. And he said, you're other bad things. <laughs> and bottom line is, as I understand what they're saying, and that is, this is not necessarily the big solution that we all need, but it is maybe the solution for what Elon needs. And if Elon's willing to pay $25 to go from his home like at Sunset and the 405 down to Hawthorne one way and maybe a few thousand people a, a day from his neighborhood are willing to do that, would it be wrong to get them off of my freeway so that I can get through a little easier? And then they pay for this system and then eventually that system can grow and become more public uh, available. But the real long-term energy solution is the most efficient movement of the most amount of people for the least amount of energy, and that happens in a public transportation Transport. environment. And when you only – and I heard this quote recently, and I can't remember where it was. It was in, I think, my pod, the podcast of the last media pick. If you only have a public transportation system for the poor – what you have is a poor public transportation <laughs> system. Right. And that's not – and we already have that. Right. We're doing that well. Yeah, we're doing that very well. So uh, LA is a great place to trial this out mm -hmm. again if this is a big experiment and it does seem to be. We have terrible public transport. Yeah. The cost of doing tunnels is ridiculous. The cost of adding freeways is impossible to do. Double-decker freeways is like a billion dollars a mile. Well, the bigger you issue – this, is, this could be part of the solution. Right. It, it could be part of the solution. And again, the drilling could work. The, the biggest difficulty and, and maybe the thing that is overlooked, it was talked about a little bit, isn't necessarily – that you can't, you can't build more freeway capacity because it's very disruptive to neighborhoods, typically disruptive to lower income neighborhoods because naturally that's, you know, who gets displaced when you do these things. If you can build a, another 10 lane freeway under the 405, right? So let's say you drill the tunnel and it's just, you drill it and you build them so close together, it becomes one giant thing. So you're building another 405 freeway. You can do that underground. You can do it a lot cheaper. You don't disrupt neighborhoods. You don't cut things in half. Then you have some potential benefits. Again, it's not. It's a proof of concept is, can he drill much, much cheaper? Can he make this happen? And then let's figure out what's the best use for that new drilling technology. Yeah. As long as I get to use it. When the traffic's yeah, you, That's all that matters. But that's the problem, man, because again, it does feel at the moment like an elite sort of thing it does we'll see where it goes um lots of people have been uh like me both on the one hand boy i hope this works because this is part of that science fiction future mm -hmm. that could be great but on the other hand there's a lot of practical issues for them to work out and they're clearly working them out as they yeah so i want to go to show uh, floor mats because somebody wants to show us these floor mats please tell me why okay so again I, this is just model threes are they're ramping up that production keeps coming and coming and coming they're going to europe i have added a few things lately to my car i was looking for the WeatherTech floor mats they're not made yet for the model three so i bought these floor mats from tough pro on amazon i bought them they were not given to me i'm just letting you know i really like those particular floor mats there is a link they look kind of high tech they're they have little hexagon sort of shapes in them or octagon or whatever the freaking six-sided. <laughs> it's a hexagon, hexagon shape. Hexagon. It's a yes. hexagon shape in, in the floor. They're very, very nice. Um, I also wrapped that center console. So the center console in the Model 3 is that very high-ticket, glossy black uh, stuff. Is it in here? Is there a link? 
Uh, there is a link to Let's it, see. right? Here we go. And so, mm-hmm. again, we don't get any money. This is currently out of stock on Amazon. I bought this stuff, and basically it, it's a matte black overlay to – and my Model 3 scratched to hell already, and they've already replaced it because it was scratched to hell. So this, I'm hoping, will keep it looking a little bit better. So far, so good. I'll throw up some photos as well. Mm-hmm. We're um, going to pre, pre and post. Pre and post. Okay. And, yeah, it, and it looks pretty good. So – and, uh, you know, and that's it. So those are two things you could do to your Model 3. I think they're pretty cool. Let's talk about uh, the stock price. First of all, we have to ask Alexa. Here we go. That's not Alexa. Uh, Google. Hey, Google, <laughs> what's Tesla's stock price today? Tesla is trading at $315.49 per share in after-hours trading, down 0.2% from closing. Now, it's high back in the day. Uh, let's ask Google. Google, hey Google, what was Tesla's highest stock price in the last twelve months? Sorry, I can't help with that yet. Uh, why not? You're not very smart, AI. Please. So I think they got as high as about three ninety, and as low as two fifty. We're back to about three ten. The stock market has been crashing in the last. It actually, has been doing up and down, but it's gone down a lot. But it's held up pretty well compared to a lot of other stocks. For example, it's so good, in fact, that uh, this analyst, this is from Teslarati, we love those guys, that uh, saying that Dan Ives, that he believes that Model 3 demand is going to be really strong for at least another year, especially because of what's happening in Europe and China, where they're starting to take orders now. They probably won't need to raise money. And he expects, I don't know where he got this, at least 3,000 Model 3s a week in Europe and Asia. And I say... So that's uh, 60% of what they think their current what we think their current production is, right? They, we think they're making around 5,000 a week. They have claimed that they can push that to six or seven. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they've actually done that yet. We'll find out very shortly, I'm assuming, in the earnings call. So 60% of the current Fremont production, if these numbers are correct, will be getting pushed out to Europe and Asia. Yeah, so Easy. will they add 3,000 a week to what they're already doing, or is the American sort of demand going to start going down a little bit? Well, they claim that they've been able to satisfy all of the U.S. orders. They've done 400,000 of those puppies already? No, but see, that was a, that was a global order number, right? Uh, that wasn't a U.S. order number. That was the uh, global reservation number. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> and I think it's a lot better than this because I just want to throw this in here now because I've already said I'm getting a Model Y. This is for a car that everybody else is not making anymore. This is a small sedan, which Ford and GM and all these people say, we just can't sell them. In the States. In the States. In the States. So when they get the Y, which is the SUV, which mm-hmm. is the car that everybody wants right Why? now. Because it's good. <laughs> they are going to sell 10,000 of these a month. I think the demand for the Y is going to be two or three times that. In the States? Three. In the States. So they'll be able to make – they could sell 10,000 of these a week for years. They're going to so need So I think they're going to be fine. They are. <laughs> it's going to have to be at yeah. the Gigafactory, which is know. always or perpetually 30% done. When are they going to get to 40%? Well, because when they get to 40%, they just decide to make the whole, whole thing project bigger. bigger. Yeah, and it's 30% like, again. At one point, it'll be 82% of Nevada will be just a Giga. <laughs> it'll, it'll be still Giga Nevada. 30% done. <laughs> um, Welcome to Gigarino. Yeah. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. But you want to, who wants to talk about uh, Berlin Norland? Okay, so now we 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 hear that the Model Three is about to hit Europe. <laughs> yes. Did you mean Bjorn Nyland? Yes, <laughs> oh, that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why YouTubers hate us. I don't know. Or or why people hate, hate us, us in general. People, yeah, in general. People. It's so, just sort of like when I go to a party, I have to explain uh-huh. the uh, odd yeah. uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No one was shocked when you left, no. by the way. <laughs> Actually, people were more shocked that you were there yeah, than that you left. I've made a terrible mistake. What do we say to him? I mean, he's such an odd uncle. Yeah. He likes to show up and be like, oh, he's the cool one, yeah, but he's yeah. not. So anyways, so the Model 3 is going to hit Europe. I was curious, what does it cost to supercharge in Europe? And I was oh. unable to find that information because whenever – there is a European supercharger site – but when you go to it and you're not in the in the Europe's, in the Europe's yeah. it just redirects you back to the States because it's like, why do you want European supercharger? Which is how I found the Cinderella site right? because I was so just looking for information. So I, I, I searched and I saw that Bjorn had done a YouTube video on this very, very thing about taking a trip from Spain to Norway or Norway to Spain or whatever. Anyways, it was around 8,000 miles. So currently the cost of supercharging in the EU is about 20 cents per kilowatt hour. So it's 26 Which works out to be about 3.4, but it's 26 cents, but this is euros, so it's Um, it's different. Yeah, that's right. a different kind of thing. So it works out to be about 3.4 cents a kilometer. Now, if you were to drive a BMW... 8.5 8.5 liters of gas in the in the in the BMW that he was discussing, and I, I didn't write down what it was, and I apologize for that. Is is about takes about 100 kilometers. You get eight liters per hundred kilometers at 1.5 euros per liter. You're looking at about 12.8 cents a kilometer to put gasoline in a vehicle. So that's a that's pretty right. substantial, a huge a quarter, substantial difference. So in 8,000 miles of, of driving, 8,000 sorry kilometers of driving, it was 1,024 euros for the fuel, as opposed to supercharging would have been 272. So like 25 yeah. percent of the cost. Uh, even at 20, cent, 20 euros per kilowatt hour. So again, it's about 20 euros per kilowatt. It does vary. And he mentioned that like someplace it's 26, someplace it's a little less than that. But basically the costs are about what they are here. And and that's with them starting to roll out the new, the, all the superchargers in Europe are going to have to all be that new CCS, CCS kind of format or whatever. So they're either going to give you a, an adapter, but we've seen photos, early images of the CCS in the Tesla uh, Model 3. And that price doesn't take into consideration the possibility of staying in a hotel overnight and Correct. then using a destination charger, right. which here in the States, you're typically not charged for. So you could get right. an entire fill-up for free. Or using one of our referral codes, like Laney9300, potentially, when you buy your Model 3 and getting nine months of free supercharging and doing all of your long trips. But so I drove... There's a catch to that, but we'll talk about that. There is a bit of a catch to that, for sure. But I've driven about 13,000 miles this year. I've spent about $30 in supercharging. Wow. So, you know... That's, that is a good Because I number. charge at home. You charge at home, yeah. Um, so yeah, destination charges. I don't know how they work in Europe, but here in the States, mostly... They work the same way. You drive and you plug your car in. It's a very, but, very but standard no, type of a situation. Uh, but they don't charge here. <sighs> but I don't think they charge for destination chargers there I, either. I don't know. I think it just depends on... Can we the, just settle on one fact? They do the charge your they car. They do charge, but they don't charge. <laughs> they charge your car, <laughs> but they, but don't they charge. may not charge your wallet. It's <laughs> very confusing so to I keep track of all Can the Can I terminology. say this again? Mm-hmm. Uh, my Please. son's up in Santa Cruz, so I go up there a lot. He's right there. Well, he's switching right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I go up there a lot, and I stay in a little hotel because uh-huh. it has 
a super a destination, a destination charger, charger yeah. mm-hmm. and I've stayed there probably six times, mm-hmm. probably ten nights, uh, probably uh, one hundred and fifty bucks a night or something mm-hmm. like that. I've paid for those two uh, Tesla superchargers, uh, destination chargers myself. So is this thing on? People who uh, have places to sleep uh, called hotels, you should put in an EV charger because yeah. you're going to get the money back very quickly. Thank and let us much. know. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. No, we won't. We won't. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, there's two hotels that are in... Uh, and I found this oh my. recently, and it's, it's a new thing. It's I don't know. It right. was at a charger. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. But it's, called, it's this thing called EV Match. Again, I have yeah, not looked into it, but I thought it was pretty interesting. What is this? You can basically put your home charger on their network, and if, say, I have a charger and I've, and I've put it on there... It's sort of like plug share, except for you can get paid if somebody uses your home charger. So, for instance, you have a charger here. We yes. cannot yes. endorse them in any way. We don't endor- I'm not endorsing them. I'm just letting you know. If anybody out there has used it, please feel free to let us know what you think about it. Shouldn't we be if charging for that kind of sponsorship? That is a we great have- idea. Okay. As a free, well, that's what a free one. Plug share I think is. that is a great idea. I would be happy right. to let people charge from my charger and give me a couple of... Ca- Right, pay for your Help for your power. For, yeah, that Why is not? genius. You're using it during the day. You get rid of some of your extra Excess protons and stuff like Proton? that. Proton neutrons. What are they? Neutrons. Some <laughs> electrons. And, and I apologize for interrupting you, uh, Robert. Please I, go I on. I was just saying that there's a couple of uh, up in Cambria, California. There's a couple of hotels that I've yeah. been to. Beautiful place. God's waiting. Only room. place that I go are these two hotels because they have destination chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't know why there is not more of them everywhere. So you seek them out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's do this one, which is uh, Teslarati talking about. Uh, oh, this is a funny story. This has to have been a Robert this is story. A funny story. No, this is mine. Oh, really? So if we get this, the, uh, the web there. So mm-hmm. this is from Teslarati, and they note, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that Tesla drivers get a lot of speeding tickets. Seventy-five percent of the people in this article who are from which country? Uh, the Netherlands. The Netherlands, wherever that is. Is that, <laughs> isn't that um, Dutch? Oh my! Uh, no, that's not Dutch <laughs> Republic. Let's not start this again. Denmark. Uh, I believe it's Switzerland. Thank Holland? you. Holland. Hello. I'm not getting Holland. Seventy-five percent of Tesla owners have had speeding tickets, whereas only twenty-five percent of ice car. Owners. This is an amazing number. Seventy-five percent of nine thousand Tesla drivers in the Netherlands have gotten a speeding ticket. Now, do you think that police officers in the Netherlands just hate Teslas <laughs> and are looking like, for them? Or, oh, there's a Tesla. Stop him. <laughs> or, or what this article kind of gets at is that it's really easy to drive very fast in your Tesla. How many times? Robert, this is going to be a weird question for you because you probably never do this on accident. But how many times have you looked down at your speedometer and went, holy crap, I'm going fast? Yet, I set mine at 72 in full autopilot mm-hmm. navigate mode. Okay. And uh, I'm pretty much just cruising all the time. So you set it at 72 on the LA freeways. And, and what lane do you drive in? Just number two. A, two lane. Number okay. two lane. Interesting. That's pretty much. Slow, I have Tom? to be like. 80 or people lose their mind if you're in the fast lane you better be doing it yeah no i'm uh you know i let there are times during the day when people are doing doing crazy things and yeah. i have to say the 101 freeway here by this studio there are some yeah that's my stretch up drivers unbelievable crazy yeah. effed up drivers i got more to this uh article because there's a tell us on. mel tell us wait for it um austria <laughs> G'day, mate. No, that's Australia. Oh, my Austria bad. is a European country, by the way. Okay, near some Alps. Yeah, yeah, yeah on the, the east the side. Alps, yeah. Cold. Uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's uh, just can- cold. Kangaroos. 
for us? No, no. That's Australia. That's your home country, oh, Betty. Okay. Anyway, kangaroos and so all they're that. doing this thing here, which I thought was great. You're talking about speeds and how yes. fast you're allowed to drive. Uh-huh. They have got it so that if you're driving an electric car, you can drive at 80 miles an hour, and if you have an ice car, you're only allowed to drive at 60 miles an hour. Weird. I thought that is a really interesting concept. It Another seems way weird. to push people into electric cars, mm. give them extra benefits, not just cash. I like that. It seems I unsafe. Like I like that it a lot. It seems unsafe to have a bunch of people driving 20 miles an hour zoom, faster zoom, than zoom. everybody else. I like that. I know you do. I like you that. like that a lot. Huh? I like that a lot. <laughs> I could crank it up to 92 miles an hour. you could. If I had that kind of uh, whatever, gumption. Gumption. I like so that. let's move on. Uh, Tesla is getting ice. This was very oh, this disturbing is, to me. This is sad. But again, this is a weird article, right? Because it comes from the Daily Mail dot UK. But right. it's about American because they're pointing, truckers. they're poking fun at Americans. Like we're a bunch of hicks. Um, it sort of goes like this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Let me just pull it up for a second. You know, I've was that out. thought mode, Tom? I uh, realized that I. I need my notes, but then I can't show. I you remember the this story because this is where Leilani Munter lives. She's our uh, hippie vegan <laughs> chick with a race car. Uh-huh. A friend of Tesla. She's done a lot of promotion for Tesla, and she actually does drive NASCAR. She's badass. Mm-hmm. But to every one of her races, she drives her Tesla, and she has carbon offsets for every race that she rides. And she lives in North Carolina. And there were three big trucks that parked at a Tesla supercharger and blocked everyone. I think they actually took up more than three spaces. And then there were a couple of incidents, or at least one, where people in big trucks were screaming at people driving Teslas, using the F word, and being really um, inappropriate. And yes, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad, especially because, you know, the people who are driving those trucks, if they have any interest in procreating and having children, their children are maybe not going to eat very well like they're eating because by the time they grow to be their age, they're going to be in a really, really effed up world. And this is like kind of the interesting concept around climate change. The folks who are alive right now aren't taking it serious because they're not suffering from it, but their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids will. And there was actually an amazing speech. I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm going off off topic at the um in poland at the climate change meeting there was a girl i think i think she's swedish maybe i'm gonna butcher this okay so she's dutch (laughs) and she gave a speech both of those things up (laughs) she gave a speech that was just hands down amazing you got to look this up it's on youtube where she just laid into all these dudes and they pretty much were all dudes who were like 50, 60 years old making decisions for the future, saying to them, hey, you're making a decision about my world and my world is going to be messed up and you got to change now. And I thought that was great. She was Swedish. That's she did a fantastic job. Look, these, um, this problem of icing every now and again, Again, occurs because people don't realize it's a Tesla charger. Sometimes this was the people going out of their way to being not very nice. I don't get this because I sort Douche of want to grab these people and say, this is an American car company right. with American workers making American dollars, American taxes that are going into this. What are you doing? But yeah. there is this meme out there that somehow Tesla is a bad company because it has been taking tax credits. And so you hear this on a sort of right-wing radio all the time. Our Tesla is just sucking off the government teat kind of thing. But it takes way less tax credits and gets much less support than the fossil fuel industry. So 
these people are unfortunate because they don't have the right information. This company is helping you, is helping this country. You should be nice. And when they come out with their fully electric uh, truck, you're going to want one. Unfortunately, it's yeah. not helping in some ways because it's not driving American car companies to really take electric cars as seriously as they could. It they seems are. like all of the interesting stuff coming out in electric cars coming out from Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff happening in China, a lot of EVs happening. Right. There's some uh, truck companies that are coming out that actually came out. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But again, in my opinion... This whole thing, this story, what's happening with these people is so much more about how people think it's just okay to not be civil anymore, like with with one another, right? We live in this increasingly crowded world, and we're trying to just do our thing, bring people together and not focus on stuff like this. So again, doing this on purpose is not funny. Stories like this only show the rest of the world that the U.S. leadership is experiencing a downturn. This is a downtime for U.S. leadership in the world, and and that's what you're showing the rest of the world by parking your trucks in these things, and then and having UK newspapers make fun of us. You're showing that people here are idiots. So what I wanted to finish with this is because if you look at the message boards, there's these Tesla owners saying, "I can't wait for that to happen to me," because guess who's going to have their tires slashed? Oh, um, don't do that. So I say exactly that. Actually, let's not do that. Let's do the opposite of that. Let's. It's easy for your reptilian brain in that circumstance, and I would be furious. Mm-hmm. I would be absolutely furious. Yeah. But for beforehand, this is probably just an edge case. I hope this stops happening. To just sort of go up to these people and try and engage in the discussion and yeah. say, why are you so angry about this? Is it because right. uh, you think we're elitist or is it because of fossil fuels or what is right. it? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a nice person. I'm just trying to like uh, right. drive a car that's American built and is good for the environment. Is that so bad? Right. Let's have a discussion. And, and and this article, it's hard to tell. In one of the photos, obviously, there were cars purely for sure parked Absolutely. in the spots. In a couple of the other photographs, there were cars parked across them. Maybe that was a two-minute thing and somebody happened to take a picture. It's really hard to know the background behind the story. It felt like there was some information. So this is what I would say. Get an extension cord. Keep it in your car. For a Tesla supercharger? I don't know. Do Do something. Figure something out. Or or just call the police. Right. So that's the other point. Take the higher ground. And and it sucks because it's going to delay you because, again, you're probably getting to the supercharger. Maybe you need to charge. You can't get someone else. Hopefully there's another destination charger. Hopefully plug share has something close by that you can go and get something to get you to the next supercharger don't slash people's tires don't, don't dent their cars don't, don't stoop to their level don't no do it. no don't do Stop. the right thing it will be because you're doing the right thing so and, there is a number of states and a number of yes. districts and a number of cities that have passed laws to make this illegal we should list this um so i can tell you the states uh arizona California, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Massachusetts, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Washington, including cities like Washington, D.C., Seattle, Baltimore, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Knoxville, Tennessee, have all passed these. You're going to see more of this, um, not necessarily because of people specifically doing this, but just to give sort of people the, uh, I think, yeah. the I did it by mistake. I wasn't thinking. No, you can't do that. Oh, Three points. One, a lot of people say, you know, you can't tow a car if there isn't a sign that says it's going to be towed. But if you spend too much time in like a government parking lot and such, they'll tow you. Mm -hmm. They'll tow you that not necessarily signs up. And if these laws exist, then please, if you're in one of these areas, then exercise your citizen's right 
to get that car moved out of the way for all of us to – what was I going to say? The, the These poor folks in North Carolina – in North Carolina, or was it South Carolina? Don't want to lambaste anybody. But they may understand that you know Teslas are – potentially going to be the next big employer in their region. When GM is pulling out of a half a dozen or a handful of car plants, then Tesla might be taking one of them over. And that might be who helps to employ your brother-in-law or you or someone down the road and make your environment, your community that much better. And the last I checked was that Tesla's 60% of everything in a Tesla is made in North America. Between Mexico, U.S., and Canada, 60%. I don't think any American car company on any American car can say that. Yeah, the the people who would do this have been told a story which isn't true. That doesn't mean it's not a powerful story to them, but it's hard to think how do you tell them the right story because they're not listening to Talking Tesla, let me tell you that. Yeah, and uh, we even see it in in different ways where – or even like mall owner, owners that put superchargers in have to leave the spots not necessarily purely for Tesla, right? So that happens where there's an ice car in that spot because it can be in that spot. Doesn't mean it should be in that right. spot, but right. people take that people will take any opportunity to find a parking spot. Yes. Have some courtesy. Button below. Again, I oh, think you you made the point somewhere where it's like it's the same situation if I were to drive to an Exxon station and I needed to run in and get something out of the store and I decided to park my Tesla in front of the gas pump and there were 20 people waiting. Sure, it's my prerogative. It's a maybe more convenient or whatever. But why would I do that to someone? Or at like, a Costco where you can't find a regular parking right. spot. Just park your EV at the gas pump. I think that we you probably get to, your tire slashed. We just have to <laughs> start to treat each other better. That's all. That's all it takes. Um, let's why talk can't about we uh, be friends. Why can't this Chinese company called the Great Wall Motor Company, and they've just come out with a little tiny car that is under $10,000. It's a little EV under $10,000. With incentives. With incentives. It's got a 33-kilowatt-hour battery pack. It has a range of about 194 miles, although I think the real-world mileage is about 150. And I was like this – well, I brought this one up because I wonder, is there a place for a 150-mile really cheap electric car in the States? We kind of have yeah. unbelievably ugly. Of course there's a place <laughs> oh, for it. It's very ugly. I don't like the look of it. It looks like a car's car. It looks like like from the cartoon from Pixar. Yeah, it does, (laughs) but not cute at all. Um, So where is that I mean, are you telling me that now or even two years ago, Mm -hmm. if if they would have been able to deliver a car in the States 150 miles for under $10,000 after incentives, they would have sold – all of them, My as many as they possibly or could. Seventy miles. Yeah, you're right. right. I would have jumped at this. A few and what years was ago. the least? Thirty. This was thirty-eight thousand dollars. Expeninentially larger oh, than oh the Oh my leaf. god! It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The vault. The 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 That's vault. Well, I've become since Tesla came around. I'm like, yeah. it's only it, one hundred and fifty. Why not three hundred? It looks like an EV version of the Mini. Like because of so all the blue, now it's the got people all the that designed the Mini are now very angry at you because it's not anywhere near as cute as the Mini. Yeah, but I mean, like size and feel wise, it's got the feeling of a mini. Pull it I, up, Michael. Put it up. Come on. What's going on back there? There it, there is. it is. Go up a little higher on that article so we can see the triple of pic. There's three pictures together. Those that's are the ones. Lower. That's lower. That's lower. There you there go. go. Well, I'm on a Mac, so I have to push up. Zoom in that a little. Zoom in. Okay, here we go. 
Yeah. So I think it reminds me of a mini. It's a very um, minimalistic interior. But, you know, if grandma wants an EV and all she does is drive from her you know, retirement community to Ralph's uh-huh. and then meets the girls for a little mahjong at the Starbucks and then uh, goes to the outlet mall and then goes home. I mean, like she could do all that on one charge. This is a car. If this car was safe like safety like a tesla <laughs> and i don't know i'm not saying that it isn't but if this car was safe a 200 mile range vehicle 150 mile range vehicle for your teenager yes. for under ten thousand dollars again they would sell all of them that's yeah. true that's another great use case you have there tom look at you being with the smarts and the <laughs> thinkings look at you let's move on let's talk about autonomous driving oh there is a wired article here that says uh we have now moved from the um it could happen. It maybe in the future. It's science fiction too. Yeah. We're at the inevitable phase that self-driving, mass self-driving throughout the world, uh, at least in the West, mm-hmm. is um, here. We've already actually got in Phoenix. I didn't realize this that people are actually paying now for robot rides. This just started. So Waymo, who we 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 talked to the to a gentleman from Waymo when we went to a launch up in Vandenberg, and right. he gave us all the kind of inside information. Mm-hmm. The, this is the Google autonomous uh, division. They are in effect in Phoenix with the free autonomous, not the free, but the autonomous writing. Phoenix is an amazing use case for this right. because it's it very hot there. They just have, to be more specific, please. Chandler, Arizona, which is sort of south okay. east Phoenix. Area. And they do it there. A lot of the autonomous driving people start there because they've got wide roads, very well lit, very so it's sort of perfect for No snow. Vehicles. Very no snow. few <laughs> pedestrians in the summer, right? There's yep. nobody on. No, it's too around. hot to go inside. You yeah. die. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody to kill. And if they're already on the road, they're dead, so it doesn't matter if you Whoa. hit them. Because <laughs> they're dead from the heat. Okay. Yeah. So they say in this article that this is a $7 trillion a year industry. What are they that's saying? A, that? Are they talking about transportation? Transportation. That's in general, a I think like you put in taxis money. and Uber and cars and right. But so are you? Are you again? Are you? Are you taking people out of public transportation and making that more complicated, more expensive? Like I don't know what the long term implications of something like this are. I know that it's happening. Like it's happening. It's it's one of those things. Like you, yeah, it's going to happen. It is happening. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, there's lots of opportunity, as they say in here, the optimist will see this sort of utopian city mm-hmm. and the pessimist is going to go, the other problems that are going to create are enormous. I want to ask Google a question. Go on. Hey, Google, how many Americans ride public transportation? On the website APTA.com, they say, public transportation is a $68 billion industry that employs more than 420,000 people. More than 7,700 organizations 45. provide public transportation in the United States. 45% of Americans have no access to public transportation. So when you and, w- and when you talk about that 45%, again, these are the rural Americans that yeah. we have forgotten or if they think that we have forgotten about them because our politics well, for the last 20 years. They're going to dig autonomous vehicles. Potentially, yeah. If they're yeah. Gonna, but the problem is, right, uh, is this going to be financially – viable even in rural areas why is there not public transportation in rural areas right now it's not financially viable that's the because you have to reason. pay people to do the driving uh-huh. but True. if like a 10 year old jimmy wants to go to town jimmy. to be with his friends from the farm which mm-hmm. is 20 miles yeah. out jimmy can call up a car 
there's nobody going to molest Jimmy in the car because there's nobody in the car. <laughs> wow. And Jimmy can go <laughs> down to the city. I'm just thinking about this because I've yeah. spent time in uh-huh. Fresno and yeah. around Fresno. I mean, it's like it is a long way to get places. Is, yeah. And if you're at all impaired, mm-hmm. like not just alcohol, but I mean, like you can't see well, mm-hmm. you've got a bum leg, you've got a kid who doesn't drive. Yeah. I mean, all those people can be mobilized. How good would that be for economy? Oh, yeah. Like the stores, the restaurants, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I just had another thought. Oh, Let's wow. say uh, that you I lived in one of those communities, rural Australia, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, an hour from the closest hospital. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the EMS services. You know, right now when you have an EMS service, you have to have two people. Right. One driving and one working in the back. If you had an autonomous vehicle, yeah. you could have twice as many EMS vehicles because you could be working on the patient and the car drives you to the hospital. That's Half right. as cool. many. Yeah, twice or, as right, much twice patients. As, twice as much. Yeah. I like you have it. two paramedics and mm-hmm. they don't because one of them is supposed to be a glorified driver. <laughs> I am not, well, not on site there, not. not no, make, but once, they're, they're once they get in the vehicle. To do the driving, yeah, no, but a, a, a lot of the times one of them is a paramedic. In fact, this is pretty much the standard. And the yeah. other is a, is a, BL, is a EMT okay. who isn't available to give drugs and many things. I mean, they can do some basic stuff like yeah. lifting power. But, hey, what if you had more autonomous like gurneys yeah. that can help extract people from Yeah, I mean, I think places. anything that can help people – as many people as possible and not leave people behind, right? That's what we have to be really wary of all of this, you know, coming into the cities. And and it's going to be like what's happening in the coal business, right? You're going to have a lot of people who are truck drivers, who are taxi drivers, are going to not have those jobs anymore. And we have to figure out now, start yeah. thinking about that now, what are we going to do about those Universal people? basic income. Let's not talk there about that go. on the show. It's too deep. So are we going to make uh, a plea to like Google to invite us out to Chandler, Arizona for a day or two so we can ride around in these autonomous yeah, cars? Sure that's going to work. Yeah. Let's talk about Apple. Plea. Um, I sort of forgot that Apple was doing the autonomous driving thing. And then I found this article from thestreet.com and it says mm-hmm. Apple is in this big time. Ready for some numbers? Let me give you some notes. Very secretive. 70 test cars are on the road. And we know all this because there was some lawsuit and all of this information had to be disclosed. Correct. This is Titan. Mm-hmm. Project Titan. They have 70 test cars on the road, which is a lot more than a lot of other better known autonomous vehicle people. Not Tesla. Uh, not Tesla. They have 5,000 people working on this project. 5,000. 2,700 are considered core employees. This is a big project. And... Uh, this is a direct quote. There are different directions Apple could go with this. It's already approached or been approached and, uh, by BMW, by Daimler, by Mercedes-Benz. Ultimately, it landed a partnership with Volkswagen involving its T6 transport vans. I don't oh, know what they are. Oh, yeah. That's like the bus. Oh. Apple is retrofitting these vehicles Love and that. wants to use them around its campus as a shuttle. Mm-hmm. So um, what is the big play here for Apple? Are they just going to create the technology and sell it, or are they going to create cars or vans? Like, how is Apple? I don't. Where are they going? I don't see Apple making hardware. I see Apple is 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 more and more, and we're going to learn more about that when when, as we move farther into the Apple, the next iteration of Apple. They're a services company. Most of their revenue is going to come from services. So, is that going to be software as a service? Is that going to be selling the best software to GM to keep? To have GM not have to build its own thing, although you know GM is working, you know, to build its own autonomous. It's hard to say. I think it just depends on again who gets there first, who makes the best system. Right? Is Apple's system going to be completely integrated? If it's integrated into Apple Maps, we know they've had some issues with Apple mm-hmm. Maps in the past. 
But if the whole system, wouldn't you rather get into a car and know that all of the software, the entertainment, the music, Works. the the guidance, all that stuff was Seamless. basically one company instead of them having to integrate six or seven different software platforms, which never works very well right. into a thing. So that's where, in a lot of ways, the car of the future, which will hopefully be an entertainment, you know, more of an entertainment venue in a lot of ways, a more relaxation situation. You can get in it, take a lay down, listen to something on Apple Music, watch a video, have a conference call through Apple FaceTime, all of that integration. I think Apple is very well capable of being able to do that. Let's have a look at the van. Here it is. There's the T6 Boom. transportation van. We're going to try that? the Mevo up Whoa, close. Look yeah, at that. Mevoing. Oh, so it's like a little uh, minivan slash cargo van. Not quite as cool as the like 60s uh, safari vans, but uh, you know Volkswagen is working on trying to do some cool electric vehicle situations. I mean, the next thing here, which is about batteries, and it's about the virtual power plant. So mm. we take a look at the uh, website This here. is your home country, Melvis. This is my people. So um, Tesla's been, you know, they did the big installation in South Australia, mm-hmm. and then they're doing this thing which they're calling sort of a virtual power plant which is the first one they put 100 power walls into 100 homes mm-hmm. plus solar. And then the second stage is getting done now. It's 1,000 homes mm-hmm. with solar and power walls. Yeah. And then the third stage is going to be 50,000 homes with power walls. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're putting these in at a much reduced price. They're just trying to decide if they're going to pay for it. But uh, supposedly, this is really going to help stabilize the grid even more. Well, Rather the, than the having a big installation, you have it distributed throughout the community. Yeah, the 50,000 home thing had to do with an Australian paying for a $628 million sort of program. That's what they're waiting for approval. There were some elections in Australia, democratic yes. country, as it were. And and the, the new uh, government, was they had some problems with that. They didn't like the idea of doing that, so they were trying to make some change. So now there's two plans, which is great because two is always better than one. That's a thing. Okay. So they're going to do Tesla Energy to provide 50,000 homes with solar and a three, 13.5 kilowatt hour battery costing $628 million. And then the other plan, and that will go to like low-income folks, and then the other plan will be 40,000 homes with subsidies. So this could be, at the end of the day, 90,000 homes with each of them with a power wall. That's a very big system. That That is over 250 megawatts distributed throughout the country, and that, again, would keep them from having to build peaker plants, additional gas plants, all kinds of new things. I don't know what it costs to build one of those plants. I don't know if it's $628 million, you know, American dollars, $800 million Australian. I don't know. But but so far, because they've been doing this plan, they've attracted three home battery companies to start producing this stuff. And, you know, competition, always good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I told you last week uh, that I got the email from mm-hmm. Tesla saying That's their true. power walls are coming. And then uh, Josh, who uh, works with me, he got the email as well. February 11th, he's getting his installed. So they've obviously caught up enough with production that they're they're Interesting. Uh, they're I wonder if coming. the Model 3 European deliveries will start will like start to impact that. If that well, it's that a different battery, up. right? It's a different battery chemistry. Right. But, they but they're the saying... They're but it's s- the lines, right? We talked well, about no. It's like if you have one line, that's the line. It's a right. power wall battery or it's a car battery. But we don't know how those, the lines have been sort of... If they were pushing all the lines to do the Tesla Model 3 You know, they've came out and they've said that... Uh, they added like two more lines. I think that they I, – I, I can't quote because yeah. I don't remember the details, but they're pretty set on where they're going. And in fact, they said they're going to be delivering Model 3s by the end of February to those who bought them initially in Europe. So 3s are 
that means they got to get on a boat soon. Right. Yeah. Which means that they got to be pumping them out mm-hmm. pretty soon. I don't know. And are they still having to do a little bit of final assembly to sort of avoid some tariffs? Yeah, they keep the battery pack separate from the car and they go to the Netherlands. Mm. And there they marry the two. And (laughs) not in Australia. (laughs) The Netherlands, uh, which is probably Holland. So let's talk about the solar roof. Let's move on. Or south. Uh, The solar roof, just a quick one here. Tesla. Solar, I missed this, uh, the last quarter was profitable, as were its two biggest competitors. And the solar roof is starting to be produced in volume. So 2019, we might actually start to see these, which is two years late for me. I actually am on the on the Tesla website. I have a reservation for a solar roof. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. How's anymore. it going? Oh, so you're not, now you're out. I'm out because I've already built the roof and like I'm not right. waiting two years. And I you think. didn't have to put a deposit or anything on that. I don't remember. Right? That is a good question. <laughs> so much money. Uh, mobile. Um, mobile charging. So there's a really great little article here. Let me pull it up. And where is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile charging. So I like this little story. It's another one of these little stories. It's an electric. So basically what you have here is a 360 kilowatt battery that they have some cords coming out of that you can charge electric vehicles with. Two AC and two DC. That's correct. So two cords out. Two plugs in. And they can charge as fast as 100 kilowatts, which is pretty good. Yeah. It's not quite mm-hmm. supercharger, but it's good. And they say these are easily deployable. You can hook them up to the grid. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a fantastic idea, especially for those situations where, one, there's no infrastructure there. Let's say you're going to Coachella and you want to drive your car down there. Mm-hmm. You could deploy a bunch of these. Let's say, I don't know, it's Thanksgiving in America, mm-hmm. and you know that there's a couple of superchargers that are going to get killed. Mm-hmm. You could bring out your Tesla-branded ones of these mm-hmm. and uh, hook them up uh, to a solar panels or something yeah. like that, and you could have extra capacity, and when you didn't need any more, you just put them on the truck, the electric truck, right. and you put them somewhere else. Or you could just build your, your current supercharger situation where you already you know like there's – you don't – need this capacity year round or maybe you need to follow the capacity up the coast or whatever you could just plug them into your infrastructure in your 40 stall supercharger and now you have a 60 stall supercharger because you put in you brought five of them in and you can have that many more cars and get get people through using the existing you know infrastructure that you currently have yes robert two things one two they only go up to 100 kilowatts so you can't charge any faster and we're okay with 100 but in another year or two, we may not be okay with 100. Right. And number two is um, they don't exist yet. What? These are all just flim-flam, smoke-and-mirrors pictures. They're pretty pictures, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. fooled me. I thought they'd actually no, built them. they don't exist. No, Mel. But this is a thing I think it's a great idea they're working on, uh, yeah. for Tesla to do. There's actually a San Diego yeah. company, and I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it, right. that does these rapidly deployable EV chargers, and they'll yeah. basically bring on the back of a truck. With solar. With solar array plus battery, mm-hmm. and uh, you can sort of deploy them and have electric yeah. cars, but they're expensive. 60 I looked at them, yeah. 50, 60 grand. Yeah. For right, but, if you're, but if you're Tesla, like you said, and you're going to have a battery factory pumping out a lot of batteries yes. and you're going to make Solar. power packs and mega packs and you're going to have electric semi trucks so you can move a lot of these bad boys around and you also happen to make solar panels. And you've got some dude on a podcast named Mel Herbert complaining incessantly about (laughs) one or two superchargers. Uh You can move those bad boys over. Right, But imagine a situation like during the holiday season where they they sort of like they they know there's more traffic going north to south Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the tour of the season. 
And so they put the five superchargers on a semi, they pull up to a thing, they're fully charged, but they can plug them in and keep them charged so you have more capacity. And then at the end, they drive them 500 miles north for your trip back. So again, you can use your data to put them in the exact position that they need to be put in when they need to be put in. What about if the Tesla Semi just follows me around with my own supercharger the whole yes, Mel, time I'm whenever sure I need it? There That's a subscription there. service available to you for $10,000 a month. Yes. Could get that, that done. Elon let's, will get that to you. Let's talk about supercharging in Europe before we have Robert give us an update. Supercharging in Europe. This is from Electric. And it says there's going to be a dramatic increase in superchargers within cities. Dun, 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 dun. And they have this nice little thing here. And they, he says that throughout Europe, they're going to extend the supercharger network so that basically 95 to 100% of people have access to a supercharger, which usually means like within 30 minutes or 30 miles yeah. away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem, though, is that he has said things like how many Tesla superchargers there were going to be by the end of 2018, and they have not achieved that. They're a little shy. They are a little shy. And just here, there was supposed to be one in Calabasas. There was supposed to be one in uh, Santa Cruz. There was supposed to be one in San Rafael. These are places that I drive up and down the coast. Those three don't exist, and they were supposed to be by the end of the year. He's got a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll build them really quickly. So in Europe, they're trying to expand it very fast. They're supposed to be expanding here very quickly. Electric wonders that maybe the reason that they've sort of slowed down a little bit, deployment of superchargers in recent months, maybe because rather than build the old type of supercharger, they're trying to finalize supercharger three and deploy those so they don't have to retrofit. It's a theory. Right, but the, there's the retrofit theory, like there's the European, the CCS standard that, that, that they just sort of, not just, but that they're starting to kind of re-retrofit all of their current superchargers. So they've been busy because they had to to get up to the standard for the European superchargers. So they were supposed to, at this point, have 18,000 superchargers. They're just under 11,900, which is, you know, again, right. it's less. By it's a lot less. 50, 40% less yeah. than, they, than they wanted to be. So it's a goal not met, but they have 11,852 more superchargers than any other company <laughs> making fast charging promises promises for yeah. uh, for a vehicle specific, right? That's part of the verticality that Tesla is working on. Now That's you, right. Now I have a picture here ooh, picture. to start off the sort of supercharger uh, Mevo meet Phono. So that's the 40 staller, correct? Yeah, that's at uh, Button Willow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm Some sorry. You're right. Kettleman. Kettleman City. And that is full. That supercharger 40. is full. with. And I got this tweet uh, right around, uh, I guess, four days ago from uh, Ben, Ben McTosh on Twitter. And he said there were nine cars waiting. And then I texted him back and I said, well, what was the charge rate? And he says, I didn't stop. I didn't wait. I don't care. I left. <laughs> I kept moving. Yeah. I went to that when it just after it first opened. I did a little video there. It's on the website, isn't it? Yeah. And you look when I was there, I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's never going to need this much capacity. And boom. Yeah. And that was when? Full. A year ago? But I don't know. Like the charge capacity thing, it's not necessarily site necessary or capacity necessary because i go to the santa clarita supercharger very late on sunday occasionally where there's one or two cars in a 20 stall 15 stall kind of situation it never gets past 60 kilowatt hours never yeah and this is my beef about supercharging but it's still 450 miles per hour at 60 kilowatts yeah in a three it's great but this the supercharging like they're saying oh we're going to double the speed yeah if we just got 120 kilowatts 
when we were supposed to, yeah. that would be great. So I'm hoping version 3 is going to fix this. But yeah. please tell us that there are a million more superchargers coming. Make me feel better. <sighs> a million, Robert? Come he wants on, a one? million. Give it to me. What do you got? I'm Don't hold back. 900,000, 999, uh, 986 just tell me how many. short of that. That's 24. That's, uh, sorry, nine, yeah, no, 86 would be 14, wouldn't it? Yeah. So sure, we have 14 new math. superchargers. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the United States of America, we have 14 new superchargers. This is in the last two weeks? Open. In the last two weeks, open. 14. Nice. That's, That's not bad. Good. That's good. There's three in Australia. Yes. Three in Germany. Yes. One in China. One in New Zealand. Yes. And I let Cece know. And she said, thanks, but dad's, soup, dad's car is in Australia. Okay. Mm. Canada got two. Norway got one. And Japan got one. So that's a total of two, four, six, and six. That means 26 new chargers. Pretty Where good. were the ones in the States? The ones in the states are places like Walker, Michigan, uh-huh. Macon, Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio, San Jose, California. Yay. They need a lot there. That's a 24 stall. Westminster, California, which is like Long Beach, yeah. 24 stalls. Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't think that one's going to see a whole lot of activity. I bet you the Nebraskans are going to step up big time. You yes. Go from Nebraska to the Dakotas. Philadelphia, uh, Garden, Riviera Beach, Florida, Florida, and uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. That one, they just got one like a couple months ago. Waterbury, Waterbury Haymarket, Virginia, and uh, Richmond, Texas. So have you ever read anything about, I've never found anything on it, how they decide where they're going to put these? They want, I mean, there's obviously big data, and they obviously look at it. They don't just randomly do it. But have you read anybody ask them the question, like, how do you decide? Because it has to do with where they're selling or delivering cars. So they want these superchargers concentrate around those. Plus, they want to make uh, passageways. So they want to cover the U.S. Interstate 10. U.S. Interstate 90 doesn't get as much activity. They want the 5 going up and down the West Coast and the 95 on the East Coast. So they're trying to link major metropolitan centers and put chargers around where the cars are being delivered. So there is an article on Inside EVs where costs it talks about cost, okay. talks about real estate requirements, talks about a commitment. Just very quickly, Tesla requires 200 to 600 square feet for the mm-hmm. supercharger and related equipment it spell, itself and also four or five spaces, depending, right? Most agreements involve four dedicated stations designed that only Tesla owners can use them. Uh, Tesla does look for existing power connections nearby when possible and requires a site to be lit properly. Landowners have to sign up for at least five years. After all, Tesla has to make sure they recoup their value. Many agreements are up for 10 years, so we could be getting to a point where we start Mm -hmm. to see whether or not those are getting renewed into the future. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that they weren't. The property owner gets the high-profile status, draws the supercharger, you know, fans into the situation, and Tesla gets to use their locations. It doesn't get into, like, specifics in terms of, you know, like, what are the criteria otherwise than that. But, but uh, you know, you're right. My guess is that they're looking at, as their range increases, uh, the number of cars sold in a particular zip code, trying to do all of that. You know, how many Teslas are going up and down the five freeway just probably decided why is there a 40 stall in Buttonwill? Why is there a 40 stall in Kettleman City? 
things like that as they can expand. Like they, the Tesla in Harris Ranch, for instance, right? That supercharger is in the parking lot of the Harris Ranch restaurant. Be very hard to expand it in its current mm-hmm. location. It would start to take up all the other, you know, spots in the parking lot. So my guess is if that one were to grow, they'd have to build a second one somewhere off site across the street. There's a, there's, thousand acres in the other direction not in that parking lot but then you get into situations where now tesla has to build the lighting infrastructure they have to pave it they have to do a lot of other things that so far they haven't really done when they're building and they typically choose places where you would want to stop Mm -hmm. so be it like a what do they call them a milk stool milk bar milk bar yeah, mate. Uh, you could have a milk bar somebody have a whiz get a diet coke the harris ranch ones is a great one yeah um, because i've never stayed Stopped at Harris Ranch in my life. But when I got a Tesla, I stopped there. There's yeah. nowhere else to eat. So guess what? That restaurant, you just see the Tesla owners. They park mm-hmm. and yeah. they all walk over to that yeah. restaurant. If I think back to the last 20 steaks I've eaten, maybe in the last two or three years, no half of them have been at <laughs> Harris Ranch. There you go. Let's yeah, move and there are sp- lovely people there. They are. Uh, let's move on to uh, SpaceX and GPS. So uh, we had a launch on the 23rd. Let me mm-hmm. pull up a nice little picture here. We had a launch on the 23rd, and it was for GPS-3, which is a new satellite system, which is significantly more accurate than the old satellite which system. Which was GPS-2. Really? <laughs> uh, there's an article and here this one is called GPS-3. Three. Three. Yeah, yeah, the way they number these sequentially yeah. has been really quite they, they didn't take a, a advertising. They didn't take a, a note out of the show and how we numbered the show. They just went no. one, <laughs> two, three. They went in order. They went in order. So uh, the Look, point is TIA that um, <laughs> this is going to be much more accurate. There's going to be a lot more of these launches up there, three times as accurate as uh, the current GPS, and this is going to be really important for autonomous driving. It's going to be really important for your car to know exactly where it is, so this will help in that. And actually, you have some inside information about this because I actually have a relative that worked on this What? and said – I can't tell you because I have to kill you because I work for the military, but the specs that are going to be released to the world are not the real specs. This is way, way better than you're being told. <laughs> yeah, well, even in this article, they, they sort of allude to the fact that it has higher power antennas, which, which they say very specifically in this article will help them get through jamming, right? So oh, it's hello. military GPS, apparently, if you're, uh, you know, uh, adversary is trying to keep you from knowing where your vehicles are at any given time. They might try to jam your GPS. This can fight through the jamming. And I believe I read in this thing, like down to 20 centimeters is how like 20 centimeters is how, how like basically accurate inches. this thing is going to be. Wow. Yeah. 20 and centimeters. it's probably much better than that. According to a relative who can't be named way better than that. It's for the, the military. Cause they'll have two versions. The military right. will be able to hone. Whoop, yeah. Whereas you and I, 20 centimeters. So this was SpaceX's 21st and final launch of 2018, beating last year's 18 launches. Beat by three. By th- yeah. Look at the yeah. math. That's the good, math. man. Very, very, Next very year, quickly. 2019, what's and the so plan? This, I don't know how a many lot. is on the manifest. It's a lot. If you can go and look on their, on their website, they do list. They do have a manifest spot on their website. But I will say this one didn't land. This they right. the specs it had to get pushed up into higher orbit so I think it took the weight that the legs would have taken and they had extra fuel, fuel. plus I think it had to go farther out so you're saying they didn't put on the they legs. they did not put on the legs so less weight less weight so more fuel they also I think they had to push it farther out away from the from the from coastline 
No, from the coastline, <laughs> uh, which makes it much more difficult for them to get the the uh, the barge out there to do the the on earth landings, on land landings. The, the base. oh, sometimes they don't land. The, when they don't land, right? <laughs> so, but what I will say, I guess, if you haven't, if you're a fan of SpaceX and you love what they're doing, watch this with somebody like that hasn't watched a a, a rocket take off, even if they're not going to land it. Watch right. it advocate for it. SpaceX is doing some very interesting things. They are really changing the perception of what rocket travel can be. We're going to start to see in the next year probably the crew uh, capsules well, go yeah. up and be tested. The crewed capsule, uh, I should say the crew capsule without a crew is going up January 18th. What? From yeah. Cape Canaveral, correct? It is, from mm-hmm. Kennedy Space Center Launch Complex 39A. So January 18th. That's going to be a big day. Yeah. But before that, we're getting one more Iridium satellite from Vandenberg. What? When? Yeah, they're sending up the 66th through the 75th satellites. There's redundancy in their program. That's going up on January 7th. What time does it say? It says at 7.53 Pacific um, uh, AM. AM. I love the night launchers. I love the night launchers. Yeah, See, is, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you might not know this, right. but we are just about three hours drive south of Vandenberg. And when they do these evening yeah. launches, and they, depending on exactly which trajectory they go, we can have these unbelievable shows, even down here, like not even worth driving up yeah. there because right. it goes across the night sky, the plume. And if they do it at, just at dusk where it's still light up in their sky, but dark down here, you get the light shining behind it. It is like amazing. I saw a video from Arizona. Mm where they showed it over the skyline. It, even from Arizona, it yeah. looked amazing. But it, So it's a, it'll be a daytime launch. Watch the Iridium with someone who you haven't watched it. They're going to do a landing. It's fascinating to just see the look on people's faces when they cut to that camera shot of the light. So get on Skype, get on FaceTime, watch it with your grandma, watch it with your grandchildren, whatever that is. Just like... Even your children. Just spend some time with your children, with whoever it is. Spend some time with somebody watching these. It's it's a great way to spend a few minutes with someone you love. And there's even going to be a launch that's going to the moon. To the moon, To Alice. the moon. Oh, you got oh, me. Sorry. You got right there. The honeymooners. Nice. Yeah. So the Sparrow, which is a autonomous moon lander, this is going to be like the first time the United States has gone back to the moon. It's a private company. They haven't been the first time. So this is a SpaceX <laughs> launch to the moon? That's what Steph, Steph Curry said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he would know. So he's a good basketball player. SpaceX is the transporter for the Sparrow spacecraft. The That's Sparrow cool. spacecraft will go to the moon. When? Alice. On February 13th, a Wednesday. And uh, they're going to do some exploration on the moon with this small device. It, it's about the size of a coffee table. I actually saw it when I went to Kennedy Space Center mm-hmm. uh, a little under a year ago to see the okay. Falcon Heavy launch. And um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They had just put out a, a sample of it. And it was – I forget all the things it was going to do. But um, – They're taking out a bunch of crackers. I know that. To the chase in the moon. Chase, Wallace. Chase. Is it just going to continue? Let's move it along. Let's keep things moving here. Let's talk about big trucks. This is from Electric. This This is is a Dutch company Mm -hmm. that has an electric vehicle. Three electric vehicles. DAF is the company. This This is Jumbo, which is a supermarket. Are you deaf? This thing goes about 60, 80 miles. It does about 40 (laughs) tons. 
And this is going to help this company reduce its carbon footprint from driving stuff around to the supermarket, they say, by 50%. So um, these electric trucks and stuff, these are happening. It looks it, it looks, looks just like Bumblebee and like one of those uh, yeah. Transformers with that yellow color. So they have this truck. It's the CF. They have an LF, which has a range of 220 kilometers, but it's lighter duty, so it won't carry quite so as much. Like- and then there's a hybrid version, which also has a diesel engine, which I don't, you know, I don't think is is amazing. But again, if you need the longer term sort of situation, but this truck could be great. You know, again, it's proof of concept. Can you get a truck 62 miles of range that can carry a lot of stuff around a city? That's like L.A. That's like Long Beach to a warehouse in like someplace else and on an electric truck. Right. Recharge it 30 minutes in so 80 percent charge. So again, like those. Those use case scenarios fit trucks a lot better than, you know, our private vehicles because we don't know what we're going to want to use our thing for. But you could you could buy a truck for a very specific route, financially viable. All these jokes coming to mind that are so inappropriate. So inappropriate. I'm not going there. Don't go there. But let's talk about media pick of the week. Now, turns out that Tom thinks this is the worst part of the show. So, because he repeatedly and like, keeps saying how many it, times has he and said yet, that? Uh-huh. He has 17 picks. <laughs> go on, Tom. So, the first Hate media away. pick is actually a media pick you have to go potentially to a museum to see. This is a Sally Mann photo exhibit. Sally Mann, A Thousand Crossings. It's her newest book. She's a photographer. Right now, currently, it's at the J. Paul Getty Museum through February 10th, but then it's going to be in Houston at the Museum of Fine Arts, and then it's going to be in Paris, and it's going to end in Atlanta January 12th, 2020. So it's going to be going around. This is an amazing, amazing uh, So it's photographs. It's black and white photographs, large format. She is a master craftsman of printing and wet collodial process. She got into a lot of trouble at one point taking uh, sort of – very intimate photos of her family members. Uh, in the past, people didn't like people don't like that sort of thing. This is not what this exhibit is about. This exhibit okay. is about okay. her uh, pictures of. She's from Virginia, so it's about Civil War battlefields. It's about all kinds of things, but it's basically a retrospective. It's it's quite amazing, and she is a very very good photographer. Then I watched the Voyager documentary. Have you guys what? seen this? No. no. So this is uh, it's called uh, far, the farthest. And this is a story about the Voyager, uh, the two Voyager missions to the farther outreaches of our galaxy, yes. of our solar system, I the, guess. The Voyager missions Voyager that have been mission. going on for like right. 20, 20, 30 years. years. 20, yeah. 30 years, right? So this technology, they had to lock the technology for the Voyagers in like 1972. And then they launched it like in 1977, and it's been giving us these photos that what we know of Saturn and Neptune and all of these other uh, – and Jupiter – do they go to that from this? Once was a planet Pluto? They don't. No. It's stunning it's to me when I think anymore. about the Voyager and the fact that it is so far. And yeah. it was built in 72 and they're still sending uh-huh. pictures and stuff. It's like, how is that possible? It's amazing. And they basically say the technology they locked into that can fit in your pocket. And they're not talking about your phones. They're talking about your key fob. So, like, the what? technology in your key fob is basically, like, as good as any well, technology Well, why did they send a key fob? Why did they have to send a multi-billion dollar? So, it's got dollar? cameras, and, and they have discovered so many things. They're still getting data back from it. They're, it's just going to go. This is the, the, the spacecraft that has the gold record on it. Right. Yes. 
And this is the spacecraft that in uh, Star Trek, the original motion picture, comes back. It's V'ger. It's gone all through the planets uh-huh. and uh, is asking the question, is this all there is? It's very <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> but that's a, a, a really good uh, – and then the last one is a oh, book. Oh, God. It's a book by Rob Dunn. It's called The Wildlife in Our Bodies. And this is what I will tell you now. <laughs> if you, if you wa- read this book, this will be the most favorite book you read this year. Wow, that more than sapiens is this more than sapiens because this talks about the the flora in your gut, but it also talks about the evolution. <laughs> it talks about what why your appendix exists. Oh, it really? Gets into they all, came up with yes. a solution for There's that. There's a theory, question? a very good theory oh, about why your about appendix that. exists. It's a poopy it's, book. It's, it's all about it's all about interconnectivity, Poop. which is one of the most important things that we're kind of running into. And it's like if why okay in this country we have like why we have matters. antelopes right yeah. and the right. reason that we have these antelopes and they're faster twice as fast as any predator yes. it's because the predators are gone so now that particular thing is ridiculous because we don't have we've killed all of the lions and and the fast animals in this country so we have this fast What's evolutionary that? that's, that's uh, an african lion You're, that's a different oh it's not a mountain lion no, it's, it's a, a cousin of a mountain lion right. it's got but a it's really all about this evolutionary interconnectivity done yes. in such a fascinating fascinating oh, way and i'm going to i'm going to put that up there and if i don't like it more than sapiens i'm going to i will give you time. 1 dollar if you do not <laughs> love that book the wildlife in our bodies the by wildlife. rob dunn it's about poopy um i got to tell you about something i watched last night <laughs> I saw Netflix, this. The Ballad of Buster Scrubs. Oh, my goodness. It's, Ethan, it's, it's the Coen Brothers. It's the Coen Brothers. So you mm-hmm. know that it's going to be weird and a little violent. And it is, I've got to say, it is bizarre, profound, mm-hmm. and the most masterful movie making. It is just fascinating. You might hate it, but it is interesting. I loved it. It's beautiful. It's like six or seven stories. What? Okay, let me ask you this. Of the stories, which one was your favorite? I have a favorite. Which one was your favorite? I don't I, – there's – I really like the first one, Buster Scrubs. It's just like yeah. it's, uh, it's they're all good. For me, it was the Oregon Trail one. Okay, well, let's not give it away. It's mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's streaming now. Yeah, the Coen Brothers, Master so Craftsman. Good. So I've been really interested in reading a book by Mark O'Connell called "To Be a Machine." Hello, I am a machine, and he goes through this whole. Um, series of interviews and his very interesting sort of uh, perspective on people who want to live forever, people who want to mesh with computers, people who want to be in computers. It's very interesting, and it gives you a great background as to how so much of what is driving this uh, revolution or this push towards uh, autonomizing our world and ourselves grows directly out of the computer revolution that occurred in uh, the various valleys of Silicon. So is this like so your thoughts live on even though your body doesn't? Is that kind That's of what, part we're, of it. what we're talking yes, about? We're talking about people who are cryo-preserving their uh-huh. heads right? because they're hoping that at some point in the future – That ain't going to work. $80,000. $80, they have teams that will go out uh-huh. while you're dying – And it's good if you have cancer, as long as it's not in your brain, I guess. And then they will help to harvest your noggin and put it in uh, liquid nitrogen. Mm -hmm. But then he talks to people like Ray Kurzweil, who is like 92 now Mm -hmm. and selling all his own supplements, trying to live long enough so that he can get uploaded directly into a machine and not have to go through the Mm -hmm. liquid nitrogen phase. Mm. 
It's just fascinating. It sounds a lot like Homo Deus, which is by the same guy that did uh, Sapiens, and his book Homo Deus is about a lot of this similar stuff. This is where we're headed, genetics, uploading of consciousness. It's all very interesting. It's interesting to sit on – I feel like I'm sitting on the edge of a bit of a precipice, right? I'm not going to fall off into the future because it's not quite here yet, but – Watching all that's happening at the edge, some of it feeling very precarious, yeah. very uh, stretched out and almost crazy. Yeah. But at the same time, I have seen so many things come to pass yeah. that I would not have expected. But I do wonder, like, do, does it freeze the people in the current state of their brain right then? Or is their brain allowed to continue? Because, again, I've been, I listened to this book. Recently, and there, and, and it's Sally Mann's memoir. I didn't bring it up, but anyways, so she's she's talking Is about the picture like, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. same photographer, and she she does a memoir, but she she talks at the end about uh, about death and and all, when you die, like so when you die, all of the knowledge and information about building whatever ever knowledge you have. It goes away, right? So, like, it's a all waste. of that information is gone. If yeah. that information could live on, could that help to advance us oh, that sure. much farther? Oh, yeah. And, and and then would that the the sort of the combined knowledge of everybody who like so now we could have, for instance, a guy like Da Vinci's mind today. But would it be would he have been able to learn all of the new technologies and have his his sort of genius? grow even more full but never leave us right i mean it's a fascinating question of how yeah. much resource we lose yeah. every minute of every day when people who are very mm-hmm. wise and there i have known scores and scores and scores of very wise people right. who die and they take with them all this information and all this experience right. and all of this this gut intuition and i'm thinking what a complete waste of yeah we're talking languages we're talking like uh you know indigenous tribe medicine shaman all kinds of of knowledge that that's just gone from the you're making me sad but but then if we're gonna change it then we could fix talking talking why we shouldn't die this could i mean i i don't want to live forever because i can't afford long-term care (laughs) (laughs) you need to save for a a million years of health care if i was on like a little like yeah if you were in my phone yeah if we had 55 people in my phone we sounds just... like an episode of black mirror to me yeah it does ladies and gentlemen boys and girls let's get some letters from the patrons the patrons first of all joel Ooh. sap fan of the show joel. <laughs> president uh, sap we know joel. him as so joel says when i listen to the podcast i always think that tom and robert don't like each other and that is could not be farther from the truth i think there may have been a time where we didn't, but we definitely do now. They've grown on each other sure. like fungus. <laughs> uh, but but his real question is, why is Mel sitting <laughs> on a stool? To, Joel on a stool. He's not. He's he's standing. <laughs> oh, he's got. He's given up. I've the, given up the thing because it was really hot. So I'm back to my normal. I'm going to tweet he's a, he's a picture a of the things. Yet perturbing. I man. have quite hairy toes, uh, <laughs> but I can be trusted with very important objects if they need to be thrown into fires. Mm-hmm. For example. The next uh, letter comes from Rich uh, Grindling. Let me say it. Okay. Grindling? <laughs> I don't think it's Grindling. I know. There's an E in there. Okay, I think whatever. it's Grindling. For the record, over a four-week road trip from Kentucky to the National Parks out west, whatever that means, the National Park, like couldn't name There's one of them. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, that's true. 6,300 miles, 34 supercharging stations. What? Everything went well. 
usually they were the only ones at the supercharging station. So what you need to do is take a trip from here to the national parks through Kentucky. You won't have any issues at all. The busiest one had three cars at a six unit. 50% occupied. Thanks, Rich. Yeah. That's great. Hope well, you enjoyed that's your time. not California. Colin Ross said, look, great show. Love the studio format. Listen to half of the show in the car without looking at your ugly mugs. <laughs> and then when I got home, I watched the video and I enjoyed it even more, which I don't believe. And um, <laughs> he says, great media pics. I'm halfway through Me- R- R- Red Moon and I'm buying Sapiens ah. and Homo Deus right now. And I say to you, Colin, what about my media pics? Nobody cares. Oh, Brian so Anderson, funny. we call him. Mr. Mr. Anderson likes the look of the studio. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Patrick Watkins needs some charging advice. And he says, mates, I uh, don't live – I live in an apartment. I've only got 112-volt charging. Supercharger is not uh, nearby. Um, So here's a couple of questions for you. One, um, will supercharging a lot degrade my battery? So the short summary is probably not. Tesla says you shouldn't supercharge all the time, but the data that we have, this aggregated data from all people, and they tell how they charge their cars, and Ben Sullins on the t- uh, Teslanomics has done this a couple of times. And I talked show- to yeah, Rahul from uh, Tes- Tesloop. Tesloop. Basically shows that the degradation, increase in degradation over just charging at home is really minimal at most. Especially if you don't fully charge, right? Just set right. it for 80%. Do right. not fully charge or you may get a, some additional degradation. But if you're – so basically he's saying uh, for the next two years, I'm really only going to have access to either really slow charging or, or really supercharging. Don't worry about it. He's going to drive 50 to 150 miles a day a couple of times. So – I think it's you're what I do. probably going to be fine. Robert does the same, same thing. I keep it at 90%. But you're definitely not going to get much out of the 110 volt. Well, you will no. in a Model 3. I have a the Model 3 at home I charge from my 110 volt. And you can get about four to five miles of range per hour of charge. So if you plug it in at 8 o'clock and then pull it out at 6, that's 10 hours. Mm-hmm. That's about 40, 50 miles. So yeah. for many days, that might be enough. Yeah. I call that that's true. despacio. Yeah. Not yeah. Despacito. <laughs> despacito. Um, Tom Phillips. Hi, Tom. He said the Tesla must be listening to the show because he went to the Bulton Supercharger, the one that I was <laughs> complaining about, where the speeds were terrible and also were iced. And he said, I got 500 miles per hour of charging on the Model 3. That's Coincidence? So I think not. <laughs> he also said he loves the podcast, so he's probably a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call people who take the time to write us letters liars. And if we pull this picture up here again we on just the computer. It, but that was, yes. This is that picture again of the Kettleman Supercharger full. Look at all of those Teslas. And what I love about this picture, it's full, but nobody parked in that handicap spot even though it was full. Those people had respect. There were nine people waiting and they did not pull into the handicap. And this just yeah. here, by the way, is actually them. a destination charger. It's an AC charger. Right. So uh, For the desperate. And over around the corner is a Denny. So you could have just plugged in there and got yourself 60 miles while you had <laughs> uh, moons over my hammy. Oh, God. Uh, we will and not you want to thank some people. We won't talk to Mel about nutrition. Uh, yeah, I wanted to give thanks to a few folks. There was uh, Kurt Helen, who's in Belgium. Not which Holland, is yeah, or I was Norway say, or Danish. It's never ending. It doesn't. But I love that. That yes. such a great story. It's true. Yeah, because yeah. there's like you know there's a part of Holland. No, there's a part of Netherlands that New Zealand is named after. New Holland. Yeah, 
No, it's Z- Zealand. The oh. Z, yeah, Zealand. New Holland was Australia, I bet. That was the original name of Australia, New Holland. There you go. And so, wanted to thank Kurt, Jason, Galaranyu, <clears throat> Yao Ming, Chance Downs, uh, Eugene, Skyler, Benjamin, Matthew, and Ragita all bought with my code. And the reason that I'm bringing this up mm-hmm. is because the code has been extended. What? What? Extended again. The referral program has been changed, extended, extended. and, and re-extended, and it's never going away. Completely. I don't know. It's I wonder. It's never going away. Everybody was getting really antsy because there was a lot of folks right. who were approaching mm-hmm. 50 referrals, 55. You know, mm-hmm. 55 referrals mm-hmm. you get Free Roadster. exactly. Well, you get and a $60,000. Who, who of us in this show hmm. have any referrals left to go to get to the Roadster? I do. Exactly. I'm at 4%. I wouldn't mind. But see, the problem is we need to get to two roadsters, which is one of the reasons we're moving to YouTube, is because <laughs> we'll get, uh, if we get 110, then we can sell one of the roadsters to basically pay the taxes Welcome on the other to roadsters. The, we are talking roadsters. Yeah. And so did you realize that the boring company at that event, anybody who owned an original roadster got invited? Oh, that's, that's a nice. fact. Did they get in the hole? Did they get a ride? No. I don't know. Did they get locked out of the I know. Many of them got stuck with me in the line with the doohickeys. And so I wanted to say that it's extended until March 11th. uh, And there's a a new portion to this in that you get six months of free supercharging Mm -hmm. with the code uh, Robert... I forgot my code. Oh, 317. <laughs> Robert 3177. You get six months of free supercharging. But if you buy the car without taking a test drive, so basically if you've already taken a test drive, use your significant other's name or your child's name to buy the car. But if, you've got, if you buy the car without a test drive, they'll give you three additional so, months such a weird of thing. supercharging such for a weird free. Thing. And that's because they don't have to spend money Showing you the car in the store and taking you for a test drive. It it's all money. Lame. I didn't think it up. But you can get nine months of supercharging if you don't go su- – and they'll give you your money back if you don't like the car. I think you've got – Three days. Three days. Mm-hmm. So you can drive the car for three days, take it on a trip across America and show up somewhere else fast and say, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want the car and turn it back in. And then they updated what you get for the referrals if you're a person giving out your code. Um, Bottom line, use use the code. Laney9300, <laughs> L-A-I-N-I-9300. You were giving it up the last show. You were saying, giving oh, it just up. give it to Robert. But now, Robert, your code is? 3177. Robert 3177. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, I'm exhausted as always. <laughs> Why? We talked for a, a lot of times. We did about talk a lot of for things. That long. How long? What time um, is it? I hope everybody has a good uh, wow. New Year. Close mm-hmm. to two hours. And uh, Tesla's got a lot of stuff going on in 2019. Oh, let's go into the box. Let's see what's in oh, the box. So we're about to end the show, in, and now, now we're going to go into the box. Go, I got another. Uh, Whoa. What's in go. the box? I got a box from uh, the box. Boring company. You did? It's going to be interesting. Boring company. So it's got a a red uh, thing on the side of it that looks like danger. Will Robinson danger? There were people blowing off the uh, the boring. Oh, it's a boring fire extinguisher. Pressure extinguisher. (laughs) Did you buy that, or did that come with the the boring company? I bought it. I bought it with my 
super my supercharger. I bought it with my flamethrower. But it and came. And now I have an official. Shall I pull the pin? No. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. The and boring company. First time that thing's I've probably ever worth seen like $8,000. I think it was 30 bucks. But it's obviously, you know. It's pretty nice. There's probably people who pay 30 bucks just for the sticker. I'd like to have that in my truck if you yeah. don't Would you? Yes, I would. Uh, That's lovely. That would be lovely. What if you put the flamethrower on the, on the gun rack in your truck? I don't have a gun rack in my truck, but the flamethrower would be nice. nice. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, you guys ready to start the campfire? <laughs> we have video of us using that device. Yeah, we should yeah, probably we, post we that. that. We shouldn't post it during <laughs> the California fires, and a lot of people lost their yeah, houses. Yeah, but and everybody's like forgotten silly. about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they were they were blowing them off at the Boring Company event. You could you could hold a, right. one in your hand. It just yeah. seems like a bad idea. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Tom. It's Robert. It's Mel. The show is over. We've jumped the shark. I'm going to try and hit the camera. Oh my God, we'll he took his hat soon. off. He never does um, this. Patrons, uh-huh. we'll have another full video show for you in two weeks. Yeah. Robert. Ow! Oh, oh, that's ah.